Ron and Fez. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Consider yourself warned. Coming up on the next Ron and Fez Show, white babies for sale. Get your white babies. Then, for no reason, we start stalking Connie Chung. The Ron and Fez Show. Exercising their God-given right to shit on people. Sirius 197, XM202, the virus. The Ron and Fez Show starts right now. Yeah, that's what we're looking for today, the Ichiban. The big story is the story everybody is talking about. It is the Ron and Fez Show on what is a weekday. I'm not exactly sure which day. Thursday. Uh, Fez, the, I just heard this today on the lattice part of the Today Show when Kelly Ripa is on there with, um, I don't know what it is, like an Arab woman. Uh, they say Thursday, angriest day of the week. Really? I would think Monday would be angriest day. Everyone's going back to work. They got to be furious the weekend's over. That is why you're not a hostess on the Today Show. Thursday angriest day of the week and maybe that is because you don't have the fun oh it's friday i'm in the world's best mood and uh you're already sick your week though by thursday you're like i've had a lot i've had enough of this all right we are looking for even though i gave you the first one thursday angriest day of the week uh let me go over to chris tanley kids calling pepper hicks What's your Ichiban today? What do you got for me, big man? Uh, Obama back in the fucking shitter, and he's just getting hit hard again with his terrible fucking uh, polling numbers. And uh, they're saying that just even the, oh, every Democrat's leaving him, left or right. The honeymoon phase is totally over. Although, uh, Fez just explained to us yesterday, it's the Republican Party in shambles, and the Democrats are on top of the heap. I just... Uh, I did see a little bit of Obama last night. And the salt and pepper in the hair has gotten tremendous. And he looks like he's gotten a part to play old Obama, where, you know, you take a young actor and they play old, but they don't really uh, look old yet. Um, I don't know why anybody wants that job. It's just an awful job, and we end up hating every single one of those people. He's probably calling Bush on the phone right now, going like this. What's retirement like? Is it great? What, do you just sit in the house? You can walk around in your underwear? Want back in? Uh, Ichiban. That's what we're looking for. Um, let's go over here to uh, Justin Yarmanifest. What's up, my friends? Yeah. Uh, in Orion, New York, there was a jellyfish that was dead. It broke into pieces. And it sung and hurt 150 people. And, uh, Ronnie, can you bring me my money, please? See you. Well, I'll see what I can do. I can't always bring it back, though, but... Somebody bring me back some money, please. Hey. Hold on that new shit. Niggas like how come. Niggas want my old shit. Buy my uh, old album. Let's bring that down. I don't, I don't like the language. It's 2010. I know people like your album. Why can't you say individuals like my album? Or African-Americans. Why you gotta go that way? Jay. I'll just call you Jay, like in Jay Moore. Uh, Dan, New York, you're manifest. Yo, Fezzy, does it still taste like fresh mint? If you mean victory, absolutely. So, Winner again last night on $100 Dreams. Uh, 
Oscar, were you part of this hundred hour dream thing? Busy. Yes, sir. Hey, man, two for two. I want to know what your secret is. I just finally got my profile, and I want to play tonight. I want that iPad. Come on. How the hell is this all going down? When has there ever been a game that Fez Watley has dominated the way he dominates $100 Dreams? What would you win last night? Last night, I won a $100 Visa gift card for just 5 bucks to enter. I got a lot of emails about it, Fez. And a lot of people said to me, the reason why you won, they're still figuring out the game. Mm -hmm. Other people told me this game is rigged. So uh, are you doing a live read for them today? Yes, I am. I want somebody from the company guaranteeing that this isn't uh, Fez Watley being plugged in as a big winner. It was fast and furious last night during this auction. It was going back and forth, and I was somehow able to be the last bidder when the clock ran out. That's how you win on $100dreams.com. I'm suspicious. I've never seen you dominate a game before. I'm not trying to take it away from you. You got the hot hand. Right. I'll be going for the iPad myself to, uh, tonight. But it, I feel like it's the 90s and you're Jeff Gordon. That you're winning so much, people think that you're cheating. Um, let's go to Nate. Nate, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, bond time. Yeah. The Surgeon General has come out and he has stated that cell phone usage will trump cigarette smoking as the leading cancer-causing agent. Um, maybe we should do a thing where you can't have a cell phone at the beach or in a restaurant. Because not only does your cell phone hurt you, but secondhand cell phone affects so many people out there. I want to jump on this charity before anybody else. Maybe we'll revert back to beepers again. You would love that, huh? Mind you, your dad? Yeah. People going off 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I got to go to work. I rocked one for a little while in the early aughts. <laughs> what were you, the last man with a beeper? Pretty much. You had a beeper and a members only shirt, coat. 420-911. What's this mean? 420. It's an emergency. A 420 emergency. Uh, Fez Watley, the $100 dream dominator. What's the next big contest, Fez? Uh, tonight is an iPad, and uh, let's see. If the auction sells out tomorrow, I'll be going for a Honda Civic. So you're playing for the iPad tonight? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be back in there. I've already got my seat in the auction, and I will be playing on $100 Dreams tonight. I think that auction starts like at 8 o'clock or 8.05 in the East. Now, why is the cell phone so dangerous? What does it do to you, Hicks? you even know? It just pumps out the um, the invisible signals that and satellite signals that come in. Apparently, at first they didn't think there was anything wrong with it, but all this information flying around our brains is is hurting something. Yeah, and I actually think a large part of this anxiety thing is that we are completely uh, just surrounded by electricity these days. Where if you went back 150 years ago, nobody had to deal with it. No, at all times now we have devices that ha are. Emit radiation, a tiny, tiny right. amount. But just think, it, no, no matter where you are in the world, you're constantly be, being hit by radio waves, uh, telephone waves, uh, television waves. Sometimes at a fucking ball game, they'll do that wave for no apparent reason instead of watching the game. Um, Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, I was curious whether or not the... Um 
The Bluetooth. They say those things cause cancer, too? Yeah, it's like a Bluetooth is like putting an ice pick straight into your ear and walking around like that. That's, that's great. My wife's wearing one. I'll get her to wear two. Thanks. Like earrings. I love, I love a good wife joke. You know why? They're so topical. No one used to do those back in the 1930s. Uh, 866 Ron Fez. Hey, Bob. Bob, you're on the Ron Fez Show. Hey, buddies. How are you doing today? Good. Hey, uh, cell phones are uh, really safe if you're wearing tinfoil on your head. No problem. Uh... Those people might end up being the smartest people ever, the tinfoil heads. And we all laughed at them. Do we have one invention that isn't killing us? Cigarettes? I guess just cigarettes is the only safe fucking invention out there. And a nice, healthy cigar. All right, looking for those Ichibans. Ichiban. 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 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Since we can't talk to Mick, let's talk to Keith. You're on the Ron fez Show, buddy. Hey, good morning, guys. Yeah. Hey, I got an Ichiban for you, but before that, I just want to say thank you for turning me on to FamousSmoke.com. Oh, it's fucking cool as shit, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I, I bought some cigars last night, just waiting for them to be uh, shipped out here. Now, uh, Watley is supposedly getting me uh, cigars. He was going to do a whole thing where he gave away stuff. That got forgotten about as he picked up another obsession. I haven't forgot, Fez. Um, uh, Keith, what do you got for me? Uh, Jimmy Johnson is going to be the next uh, contestant on Survivor Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Hey, careful. Careful, Jay-Z. <laughs> um, almost a little bit of a slip of the tongue there, huh? Yeah, that happens. Uh, it's this, and because of that, Mel Gibson can't get another movie role. Um, is it going to be a celebrity survivor, or Jimmy's the only celebrity? Uh, he's the only celebrity. He was actually supposed to be on last year's uh, survivor, but I guess when he went in for his physical, they said that he had a 75% clogged artery in one, and the other one was pretty clogged as well. So I guess he, he trimmed down and he got his artery, wrote, you know, rotorooted out, and he's ready to go. He's ready to do it up in a big, big way. Uh, Jimmy should do pretty good in this show, Fezzi. His strategy is his business. Yeah. Motivation is his game. It'll be interesting to see how long his hair lasts on Survivor, if we get to see that messed up. Um, I think Jimmy's probably going to go out night one. I just, just because everybody will be gunning for him? I think everyone will gun for him. I wouldn't do that, though, because I'd be thinking to myself, I want everybody watching the show that I'm on, and I want them to see me being f friends with Jimmy Johnson. So I would go looking to bring him into my team. Just try to keep him around as long as you can, because it's got to spike the ratings. I th also, I think he's going to hit one of those physical challenges and decide, I'm too old for this. I'm done with it. I know, but they have had old people in there before. you got girls on there. The challenges aren't so awful that you have to win every single one of them. Um, I can't imagine him not going into this game without a plan, though. Uh, is he the only coach ever to win the Super Bowl and the college championship? Uh, you also have Barry Switzer. Barry Switzer, who did it right after him, right? Yeah, with the same team, basically. Uh, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, let's go over here to Corey. Corey, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Did you tell us that the signals going to our satellite radio are giving us cancer? Not cancer. Uh, satellite radio gives AIDS. <laughs> oh, okay, thanks. At least that's what I told Fez's mom. I said, I think the only reason that he's losing weight like this and he looks so bad is the satellite radio waves. 
And she goes like this, oh, thank God, I thought he was a you-know-what. Um, Steve in New York, seems like he knows all about these cell phone problems. Hey, Ron, good morning. Yeah, I did a paper in college on uh, cell phone radiation dangers, and the thing that really scared me was the two points on the body are the eyes and the testicles. They're susceptible to damage from the radiation from your cell phone. And you're always wearing your Bluetooth on your ear, which is close to your eyes, or your phone's in your pocket, which is close to your testicles. So that's what really scared me. So are you going to be without a cell phone? No. Bluetooth is actually safe. It's the dangerous part is holding the cell phone device to your head. It's called SAR, Specific Absorption. Why rate. do I have the feeling that you're selling Bluetooth right now? No, I'm Cause not. Because it, it would be the perfect way. Don't end up with cancer of the balls. Use a Bluetooth. Uh, the blind thing I would find absolutely frightening. And uh, the Fox News shock jock. What's his name, Fez? Uh, Bill O'Reilly? No, the shock jock. The, the screamer, the crier. Oh, Glenn Beck. Thanks. Uh, Glenn Beck says that within a year... He could be blind. Uh, he put that out. I guess he was doing some kind of tour. And what are you laughing about, Hicks? He's the best. He's totally fucking crazy. You you think that this is a work? I think that he believes it, but there's no way it can happen. I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking he took like some small bit of information and he's blowing up saying, I'm probably going to go blind, everyone. This guy's the... I love Glenn Beck. He's Now hysterical. that he's going blind, I'm a big fan. I had no idea. He was dealing with this. I think he's playing. Limbaugh was going deaf a few years back. He Limbaugh saw the, did go deaf. Yeah, but so Beck is like jealous that I'm going to go. So I'll do blindness. Blindness will be my gimmick. Yeah, but now if he's not blind within a year, he looks like a horseshit liar. Well, there'll be some no because then it'll be cry, it'll be him crying about a medical miracle or the hand of God touched his eyes like in the Bible. All right, shock jocks are the new PTL club. They are uh, the new ministers that if something doesn't happen immediately, I'll be taken from you. The man is going blind. He had spots on his eyes. I don't think he's going blind. He he probably at this point hopes he's going blind. Why would anyone hope to go blind? This will be huge for me if I go blind. I, I find being blind like the scariest fucking shit you could lay down out there. Even over being deaf? I don't know. I hate them all. All of them I'd have to honestly think about, you know, whacking. You can still trip and shit if you're blind. Yeah, I didn't think of that. I could always eat acid if I'm blind. Always eat uh, acid. Now, I mentioned nitrous on the air yesterday, and Kathleen from the Bronx wrote to me that nitrous is uh, has a capital now in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, that Everybody's just selling the balloons, and wherever you're going, you can hear the tanks. And she said, even at the soccer game, it was four balloons for ten bucks. Yeah, it was uh, right up actually in. Uh... Where are you looking? You have People notes. Talking in the back. Oh, who's talking? Stephanie, Simone, guys. Who's Stephanie? New girl. New girl. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that we had bro broken the fourth wall on her. Todd right. didn't tell me. So in the Village Voice, they had a uh, expose on hippie crack, which is what nitrous is. Oh, hippie crack! And it's just fucking huge. I've I've been knowing guys for years. They they go in shows with fucking tanks tied to the bottom of their RVs, and they're just fucking selling balloons left and right. At the fish show I went to in Madison Square Garden, there were guys in Herald Square with tanks just giving out balloons. Now uh, you've got your dentist appointment, right? Yeah. Have you gone to the jazz dentist yet? 
No, what the fuck is jazz? Uh, bring me up that uh, website for the jazz Dennis. He's uh, down in uh, the village somewhere. Um, let's take a uh, a look at this. But he basically, you get a jukebox. He does all the jazz guys, and he calls it Blue Nitrous. That's awesome. And right on the front page, Blue Nitrous. So he fucking... I like the dancing teeth on top with fucking sunglasses on. Yeah, everyone is just whacked out. And then the other thing they said is he gives a lot of nitrous and won't bust your balls about not flossing. And you listen to jazz the whole time. I fucked up with this shitty dentist I'm going to. Yeah. I gotta see if this guy's in, in network. This is the only guy that lets you do nitrous in the fucking waiting room, which I think is great. Hell yeah. Uh, Chris, you're manifest. Hey, what's up, buddies? Yeah. Um, you know, something has changed in the past 36 hours. Glenn Beck on his show announced that those, uh, those rumors of him going blind were just that, rumors. So, um, Well, he sorry. said it on stage, though. It, he said it's, it on stage recently? Uh, it was just in the paper the other day. They said he was doing some kind of a live gig and uh, made the announcement. They said through tears that there was a good chance in the next year he could go blind. When does Glenn Beck not cry? That's the problem. Um, I don't know how anybody could uh, cry on the uh, uh, radio. I don't know how anybody could do it. Um, all right. Uh, I'm being pulled over here. There is something that this guy has called the one incredibly gentle computer control local anesthetic. Holy no shit. idea how that works. Uh, you got to start going to the jazz dentist, though. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, it is the Ron and Fez Show. Uh, Blowhard has an update on us from yesterday. Hey, Blowhard. Ichiban. Right. It's a sad day in the Yankee universe. A guy I mentioned yesterday that I was meeting outside the stadium circa 1973, Ralph Houck, former Yankee manager, winner of two World Series, passed away at 90. And you brought his name up. I mean, how wacky is that? I'm, I'm hanging out last night, my phone rings, and it's GVAC, and he says... You killed Ralph Houck. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I just saw a news flash on the ESPN game that Ralph Houck is dead. And you mentioned him on the air yesterday. And it's probably the first time I've mentioned his name in probably, you know, a couple of years. I'm going to write a movie about you called Death Has a Bad Foot, <laughs> where you just, <laughs> death is coming at you slowly. Well, I was worried about the Philly managers. I'm saying I hope they're in a safe place. Leave I, Frank Lucchese alone. Oh, I'm not going to mess with him. Uh, Gene Mock, is he still alive? No, Gene Mock is gone. Okay, well, then when he's safe. But I was Gene Mock actually died in 64 when the Phillies folded yeah. at the end of the season. I was thinking if I have this power to, like, kill former baseball players and managers, maybe we can do a little experiment. Let me try it on a player and see if it works. And I was okay. thinking, why don't I just go on the airwaves now and just simply say, John Bacabella. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye. He's number one now. If you're running one of the Deadpools, yeah, move I him mean, up. It was so bizarre that you mentioned a guy who's so obscure, and yet it's like it's just happening now for the Yankees. We lose Bob Shepard. We lose George. And now we lose, uh, you know, uh, 
he was a decent manager. Two two World Series championships, a pennant. He was, you know, maybe a little long in the tooth, but it's just so strange. It's just when you mention somebody who's just well, so the Yankees strange. are going to start making uh, money on you know those retirement plans. They don't have to pay off. And then how about all, how many more patches and stripes you got to add to the uniform? It's just you know, do you see the Steinbrenner patch they put on right over the NY? Yeah, it's very very bizarre. How long is that supposed to last? To the rest of the season, and they got one on the arm for Bob Shepard, and now maybe they got to—they probably just put a black armband on. I think they should let everybody grow a uh, mustache. But where do you like, draw the line when somebody dies? Like, you know, you have a manager, maybe some guy who was like a mid-level player. Like, if Bucky Dent dies tonight, God forbid, do you start wearing something for Bucky Dent? I mean, please don't bring up his name. Uh, I already said John Bacabella. And yes. if Bucky Dent dies, there'll be a parade in Boston. <laughs> Talk to you I later, think, Blowhard. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, here's our buddy Greg. Greg, you're on the Run Fez show. Uh, yeah, just quickly, Bucky Dent. I, I live up here, man. That's 78, that extra game that year killed me, Ronnie. I sure it did. But uh, anyways, uh, back in the day, a buddy of mine had a, had a line on our pharmaceutical grade nitrous. He was getting it from some shady dentist down in Rhode Island, and uh, he was making a killing on that shit, shit at uh, dead shows in the 80s. I can remember once up in Oxford, Maine, in uh, 88, just uh, hippies like falling down all over the place. You'd but once you, once you do the, uh, the balloon, I think the balloon <laughs> is too quick of a high. It is. I think that you need to fucking have the mask over your face. Indeed. That's just be traveling so around with it. Uh, there's nothing like a nitrous hangover the next day, too, man. You feel like you've lost brain cells for sure. Oh, no, you are. You're <laughs> murdering brain cells. <laughs> Talk to you later, buddy. Um, Dr. X is a dentist, and he knows uh, a little bit about nitrous and the, and, the, and the wand. How are you, Dr. X? I'm rocking and rolling, Ronnie. Uh, uh, yeah, the, uh, the wand is, uh, imagine they put a little needle in, uh, around the gum somewhere, and they IV a drop at a time of, uh, of anesthesia to help. Uh, keep everything nice and numb for you, and, and you're not supposed to feel shit at first, but yeah, you know, you, you still get stuck. As you still get I stuck see, either way. Yeah, you got, but they, they kind of leave the needle in, and uh, we program the uh, the appliance, and it literally just applies a drop at a time. You can speed it up, reduce it, and then there's actually uh, a new medication that we now. Want now, is nitrous used anywhere else besides dentistry? Uh, they use it in some uh, procedures. Uh, some of the uh, like the. Uh, the not the plastic surgeon guys, but the, um, the aesthetic surgeons, the guys that do like the Botox and peels. Oh, I see. Certified to do some, very, you know, just to kind of zone you down a little bit. But half the chicks that do all that peeling and crapper, pretty much lit up on Valium and stuff anyway when they get there. So now, uh, nit nitrous is a running gag, and you know, you go to any dentist bachelor party, you know, you got the condoms uh, sure. filled up uh, balloons. They're all nitrous, man. But I'm wondering why you don't have a nitrous tank right there on the airplane. For the people that are a little bit nervous, flyers. I would love that, please. I'll pay extra. Genius. Uh, it doesn't. Say, if it's not uh, dangerous, why not have it for people? I would pay for an extra seat so the tank could sit next to me. Uh, well, why not just have it in above you where they have the oxygen stuff? Just lower that thing down. Yes, I'd like to bring my mask down. We're not leaving for another hour. I don't care. I don't like sitting here on the fucking runway. It drives me batty. Watching my watch and knowing I should have landed right now. The flight attendants would really appreciate it. It would be so many less drinks and snacks that they have to hand out. Did you see the Louis uh, thing this week with the bad turbulence? Oh, and, yeah. Uh, he was yelling, fuck, cock, and all that. Well, there is a YouTube thing. I brought it up to him when uh, he did the Unmasked. It was him and Ricky Gervais in this little tiny private plane. 
and Gervais was taping him as he was panicking. And it might be the funniest fucking thing I ever saw in my life. Uh, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Um, turbulence. Dan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Yeah, man, I own a compressed gas company, and the shit I have to go through, walking it up in a special cage at night, and every time fucking dead or fish or panic are in town... You always have this bastard coming in saying he's got a science project or something. What is it about those three bands? What is it about you go to widespread panic, and why is that the only time you think that you need uh, nitrous? I don't get it. But what are they calling it in the in the papers now, uh, Hicks? Uh, in the scene or whatever in the papers, yeah. hippie crack. Hippie crack. Uh, and, of course, Kathleen from the Bronx used it at the uh, Union United game. Uh, last night. By the way, Fenway looked just spectacular as a fucking soccer stadium. It looked like so old school, I couldn't believe it. I thought they were in Scotland. Um, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Um, look who it is. It's our good buddy, Hard Rock Johnny. Hey, Johnny. Hello, boys. Yeah. I, I, you're absolutely right about the brain cells, man. I, I've actually seen them come out of my head when I was when I've done whippets. It's like, whoa! I just saw one run down my arm. Well, I think it even alcohol killed. destroys uh, brain cells. I don't think you can do much. We must have so many brain cells; it's just unbelievable. But you just um, lose these things one after another. <laughs> Sometimes when you get a really good high after you smoke a good joint, actually, can you you hear them like popping, like like. There goes another. There goes another. Well, luckily for you, Johnny, you and your line of work, you don't need a lot of brain cells. <laughs> no, I, hanging hanging up famous pants is not hard work. You're hanging <laughs> up pants and then going like this to girls. Let me know when we're low on potato skins. <laughs> I'll make that call. <laughs> Very simple work. What, what's the newest thing you got there at the Hard Rock? What's the newest memorabilia? Uh, nothing new, really. You don't really nothing care new. about the new bands, do you? No, we're working on, you know, it's, it's, they, they don't put things into the cafes. They kind of buy them and then we'll, we'll remodel. So here we're kind of, you know, same as it was. We did lose Jim Morrison's famous pants, which kind of was a sad day, you know, to lose a good pair of famous pants. Where did they go? L.A. So our new, we're opening a new hard rock right on the corner uh, where the old Virgin Megastore was and right next to the Kodak Theater. And wow. Morrison's star is actually right in front of the cafe there. So. And there's been a record <laughs> store on that corner forever, right? Yeah, they they sold the mega store and they split it up and we bought part of it to put a new hard rock there. All right. Well, people love Hollywood. to see pants. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood and Highland right there. Johnny, you're the best, buddy. All right, boys. Peace. Yep. Um It is the Ron and Fez show, eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Always looking for that. Ichiban. Fez, what do you have for an Ichiban? There was a U.S. District Judge that decided he ruled that cheerleading is not a sport. Even though there's colleges like UConn that try to get funding for it mm -hmm. and take away... Uh, this is where it all started. The girls' volleyball team was losing their funding because they wanted to fund cheerleading. Cheerleading, not a sport. So it has to, there has to be a certain amount of money that goes to women's sports. So it can't be cheerleading now. Well, they do have cheerleading contests, though. Yeah, which I guess I think are just basically beauty pageants with a little... Uh, have you ever watched any of those girls, though? I mean, they're being chucked like 20 feet in the air. To me, it comes across as gymnastics. 
I don't know if you're going to say gymnastics is a sport, how come they just can't say that cheerleading isn't part of uh, gymnastics? Yeah, I think the judge said it's too underdeveloped. It's not an organized thing well enough to be a sport. I think they had it on TV for a while, didn't they? Yeah, ESPN too. And they would draw thousands of people to these meets, and most of them, I'm sure, are mothers and girls that used to be cheerleaders. But it gets rough for me when you start to say, all right, that's not a sport, but, you know, I don't know, fucking girls field hockey or something is, you know. I mean, you could go out of your way to say none of them could fucking pull their own raft. You know, none of those sports, once you get outside of college football and college basketball, nothing else really draws people anyway. Yeah, I think cheerleading should have been ruled as a distraction. I see them as no better than uh, face painters who go to the game and don't pay attention to it. There is nothing more annoying at a game than when somebody is sitting there all happy and excited when, the, when your team is losing. And that's what cheerleaders do. Well, by the time you get to pro sports, I think that's what you're talking about now. Uh, they're just professional dancers. Mm -hmm. They're just a little eye candy for the fellas. I don't think they actually lead cheers. But uh, go back to your Notre Dame with that little uh, leprechaun that they have that does the push-ups on the cheerleader's shoulders. Right. That guy's actually popular. He actually goes out and does gigs. They're like, uh, we've got the leprechaun booked. If you like to come by, and people are like, fuck yeah. I want to go see that bastard. Hopefully he'll be doing uh, push-ups that day. If you, yeah, but if you went to a game and sat next to someone who acted like a cheerleader, this is great, everything's fun, yay, 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 when they're losing, you would be furious with that person that you took to the game. Well, that doesn't mean that it's not a sport. Uh, if you went to a game and somebody was acting like a middle linebacker next to you, uh, that would be spooky. Um, here's uh, Andrew in Philly. You're on Running Fez. Hey, buddies. Yeah. Uh, I just want to tell you Penn and Teller did an uh, sorry, an awesome bullshit uh, episode about cheerleading. Uh, what? Did, let me guess. They thought it was bullshit. Uh, yeah. Well, they kind of went into why it is uh, not ruled as a sport and all about uh, uh, like Title IX scholarships, all this kind of shit. Right. And there's a bunch of old ugly broads that wanted to remain not a sport. But wouldn't this? Uh, be, so, which side were that were Penn and Teller on? Uh, they were on the side of sports because these girls, a lot of them are getting really fucked up. Uh, yeah, they're getting their knees blown out. They're getting serious injuries. I mean, again, it really, and we've had this debate before whether something is a sport or not. But it's tougher probably to those little girls cheerleading than it is to be on the fucking golf team. You know, then that's considered a sport. I I would never show up at a cheerleading event but I have no problems with those uh, girls doing that thing and the people that have interest in it. But getting back to Penn and Teller, uh, it would be great if they just did one show where they came back and when I we take a look at this, it's not bullshit. This is real. Uh, and Teller can't even talk right now. He's so freaked out by it. Um, a lot of times I'll watch that Penn and Teller bullshit thing, and I'll look at Penn and I go, I know what it feels like, buddy. I know exactly what you're going through right now. Stay strong. Stay strong, Penn. Um, let's uh, go to Tom, Wyoming. You're on Manifest. Yeah, I, I went to school in Texas where cheerleading was huge, and I dated this little girl. 
And all the guys on the cheerleading squad were all the rugby players. They were big, toothless animals. They would throw that chick so high in the air. It was terrifying. Yeah. Those guys, um, they're crazy. The guys that are doing this right now, and, you know, we always make fun of you know male cheerleaders in this country, but you got to really be strong to pull it off. It's almost like those ice dancers where, you know, guy, you, you make fun of guys that are in figure skating, but then... How many guys could actually go around on that thin thing, carrying that girl above her head while they're twirling? You got to be fucking strong as shit to pull that off. Uh, Bruce, Louisiana, your manifest. Yeah, Ron. What happens is uh, all these big schools that have so many male sports programs—basketball, football, baseball, hockey, lacrosse, soccer—they have to have an equal number of female sports programs and an equal number of funding. Well, if the girls aren't playing football, then they're not playing lacrosse and they're not playing hockey they have to make something classified as a sport so the girls can have an equal number of opportunities quote unquote opportunities and an equal number of funding for it and so they say well cheerleading's a sport you know because all we got otherwise is softball and volleyball and basketball right so, so it's really just money bullshit it really doesn't matter beside yeah. how they divide up money yeah it's government money bullshit is what it is because a couple of feminists sued and said, boys get more money for sports than girls. That's bullshit. And they didn't take into account that girls don't play football and uh, girls don't play hockey and lacrosse. Yeah, I've talked about this uh, a number of times before. The whole fucking college sports thing is bullshit. Uh, Mike, Michigan, you're on Ryan Fez. Hey, Ryan Fez. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I thought it was kind of funny because uh, synchronized swimming is an Olympic event. And it's the same thing. You get chicks swimming formations to music. They're lifting each other out of the water and everything. Maybe if they put a pool out there and let the cheerleaders be in a pool, I'd be all for it. Remember they used to have that dolphin in the end zone in Miami? They would just have a dolphin down there. Where did they pull him? Uh, PETA? I think, I think it was animal rights. Uh, don't keep a dolphin in your end zone. Wouldn't he do something like go through a hoop when you uh, scored a touchdown? I'm pretty sure that was it, Or yeah. they have like a... Uh, uh, something they had them do. I couldn't. I couldn't remember what it was. But then they were like, "Really? You guys need a fucking fish out there in the heat all day in this tiny little pool?" I think maybe it was like balancing a football on his nose or something like that. Oh, that's that's great. Do you see that whale that came out of the water yesterday and landed on that boat? I haven't seen this. Uh, a guy's just out on a boat, and somebody snapped a picture of it. A whale comes flying up. I mean, it was leaving like it was a fucking, like a brook trout, up out of the water and just came slapping down on the guy's sailboat. Fucking, could you imagine? It would be like a truck falling from the sky on you. And they had the guy, the guy was fine, his boat's fucked up and all. Um, but I guess the whale was just, you know, chasing fish or whatever. Wasn't setting out to do it. But I did see Orca before. Uh, Mike, you're on a fez. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. it actually have the dolphin kick a field goal with its tail. That was it. it that was water, fucking it. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> I would like to bring back that dolphin. I'd like to bring back that dolphin and have Dan Marino in the water with him because the kids uh, don't know Dan the way uh, we do. So you could have Dan Marino, and then after the, uh, after the uh, game, uh, the kids could come down and Feed uh, Dan Marino out of a bucket. Todd, Pittsburgh, run a fez. 
How you doing, guys? Yeah. Um, I don't feel like it's a sport if there's no score. If it's judged, uh, that doesn't constitute a sport. Well, what about boxing? You can knock the guy out, though. Like, there's a way to win outside of but after sport, that, like that last resort. A- but after that, it comes down to judgment. So judgment plays a part into it. Um, I don't know. We, we have a, a lot of Olympic sports that have judges at the end of it. Uh, Danny, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, guys. I'm a uh, professional tumbler and uh, cheerleader I got for, two, uh, I got, for NBA. I got two radio shows, so we're each oh, doing sorry, good. Right. Let's not sit around and try to run each other down. Let's work together. Uh, is it a sport or not, Danny? Um, I think gymnastics is. I think cheerleading is to some degree, but I see it more as like Cirque du Soleil is more of a show mm-hmm. and not really. It's entertainment. Just have it at that. When you have, try to make it a sport, these girls get too competitive. I teach it, and I see girls get hurt, blown out knees. Nobody knows how to teach it properly. Um, so I come from both sides of it. It, it is a sport, so they should get funding in a way, but calling it a sport is like football or hockey or soccer. I don't kind of see, see it that way. All right. They're All right. done. They get no more money. They're out of there. Uh, Tyler, Ron, you're in Ron, how you doing, buddy? Yeah. Um, yeah, just a little bit more about the Miami Dolphin. It wasn't PETA. It was uh, Ray Finkel, an old kicker, actually kidnapped him. And then uh, Ace Ventura had to go and rescue him and all that sort of stuff. And then after that, they gave him a life of freedom. Remember when Jim Carrey used to make us laugh so hard? Ah, uh, we just adored the guy. Now he's gay. I had no idea. I had no idea. I guess that's why that broad left them, the MTV broad. What's her, prison. I forget her name now. I think she just she goes by the handle autistic mom. Because every time she's on TV, she's not showing off her tits anymore or trying to be funny. It's just like my kid has autism. I'm like, I'm just trying to watch TV. I don't want to hear about autism all day. And to me, all kids are autistic. I haven't seen a kid yet I would not classify as autistic. Speaking of autistic, send me new girl in here or the name you call her. Is it Stephanie? Stephanie. All right. Oh, do you go like this? Don't worry. Bruce Wayne and Robin are coming over. They'll be there in about a half an hour. All right. Um, new girl is in the middle of quite a bit of controversy, uh, and she was brought up today on the ONA show. Do we have that uh, clip? All right. Let's play the clip first. Ronnie was saying that uh, that oh Anthony kind of gave up on new girl because uh of selena gomez like that's that's what he's he's after they have it totally wrong i've seen new girl before the show like when we when we do a little crossover we're leaving they're coming in i see new girl i dub her really hot yeah, that's all right. Now really it, fucking. That girl is very, very cute. Now it all makes sense because when the show's over, you, mm-hmm. you like, boom, you're gone, disappear. Yes. I kind of taking your time leaving this place a little. Well, bit. I like the way she brings in stuff for the Ron and Fez show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got like you know, she she's carrying things. She's actually working. Yeah. And and, and you know, yeah, I'll I'll take a, a peek. You're actually staying around for the three minute meeting we have every day. Yeah. <laughs> Make yes. it fast. We got to get out of here. And usually, 
halfway through the three-minute meeting, I look around, and I'm like, that motherfucker s- snuck out again. But now you're staying through the three-minute meeting because yeah. she hasn't arrived yet. Because she hasn't gotten there yet or something. But no, uh, the, the stupid listener, again, completely fucked things up. Right. Saying that I like Selena Gomez and wasn't into New Girl. Right. New Girl is really, really cute. You've seen her, right? Yeah. I sure have, yeah. Anthony. So just, I sure have. You know, get, the, get your hey. shit straight, listeners. All right. Um, I'm concerned about this because New Girl is our intern. Uh, therefore, she's under my protection. How old are you, New Girl? 20. All right, 20 years old. And she comes with... And Anthony, I'm speaking directly to you now. <laughs> this little girl has a medical problem. And before she could even become an intern for us, I had to talk to her parents. New Girl... Uh, suffers from an incredibly small vagina. Um, too small for you to go nosing around in there, Aunt. And I'm sorry. You, there's a wide open world for you, my friend. A wide open world. But I guaranteed New Girl's father I would keep her unusually small <laughs> vagina safe. And I know Oh, small vagina. That's great. I'm talking freakishly small, okay? Um, a couple years ago, she had to have a lip removed, only because there was not enough area there. It's like her vagina, and I'm quoting your dad here. He says, like, a, a hairline fracture uh, adorned with a four-leaf clover at the top. So, again... And I want you to have all the fun in the world. I love you, buddy. But this little girl has a medical problem. Are you okay? Do you need anything yeah, right now? I have ice? nothing to say. You want to straddle a bag of ice? No, I'm okay. All right. Maybe I should start and have you come in later. <laughs> I don't know. Because it's only going to lead to trouble. He did say hi to me this morning. Oh, my God. You didn't say hi back, did you? I didn't, I didn't hear the clip. I didn't know before. Here's the problem with um, New Girl. And I, I had to speak with her dad. And he said to me, he goes, we're worried about her with a medical condition. He goes, every time Anthony speaks to her, he gets, and this is your father's quote, <laughs> misty. She gets misty. And I'm misty. He goes, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and it's a problem. She could die. They had to have a helmet around her for vagina for the first five years of her life. Oh. It's that tender. One of those mini helmets that you get the ice cream sundae in. <laughs> um, Sean, you're on running Fez. Oh, and as a point of reference, is New Girl's vagina even smaller than Lily? Uh, Lily? Lily opened up a bowling alley in her vagina. Um, and I'm not saying that as an insult. Everybody's born different. Everyone's got a different way to go. But this new girl, dangerously, dangerously small. Uh, Mike in Florida, you're on Hey there, Ron. Yeah. Um, I was watching A&E the other day, and I saw that there's this new show called, I guess, DC Cupcake. And what I was wondering is, why don't they do a reality show uh, with Molly Cupcake and Mike Cockcock? There would actually be too much reality there. Um, Mike Kaka's girl is going to be on uh, whatever, Cupcake Wars. Mm-hmm. Cupcake Wars. I believe in August. As soon as we get the exact date, uh, we'll let everybody know. But I've been watching the show because of that this se- this season. 
Uh, and if we lose, I'm going to be absolutely humiliated. And obviously, Mike can't tell me whether they won or lost because, and I've done stuff with Food Network before, you have to sign more papers than if you were buying a house. And they said that if he even gave away a hint, they would break his $3,000 cup, uh, his $3,000 uh, sunglasses into pieces. Um, Brian, you're on Ron Fez. How you doing, Ron? Yeah. Uh, wondering if you should get a new girl that chastity belt that the uh, princess wore in Robin Hood Men in Tights. You know what? Uh, I don't want to joke about this. She has a tender cunning. It's something to worry about. Maybe she start her days at noon from now on. Maybe. I don't know. Can't hurt. Her vagina's like margarine. Oh. Where's the famous margarine fest? Because I don't know what they are. Oh, Leo. I don't know. I've never heard of that before. What? <laughs> is, is that a mar? It's not, right? Well, Land O'Lakes. They make margarine. I can't believe it's not butter. Oh, don't say that <laughs> about your own vagina. <laughs> I'm just talking about margarine. Oh, I exactly. see. Code words. <laughs> You've got to be careful around him. And and don't give your dad my home number. I can't I'm sit sorry. around and have the... What kind of work does your dad do? He's a recreation director. Yeah, he's a well-spoken man. Yeah. Mr. Girl. <laughs> uh, it is the Ron and Fez show. It's uh, what I would now like to call... Oh, Parquet. Parquet is a well-known marcher. Uh... It's uh, a day before Friday show that we're doing here today. Uh, and we'll take a break. Let's do that. Let's take a break. When we come back, there's a big story you wanted to talk about, though, Fez. Yeah. Um, uh, it's about um, where to break up with people. There you have it. Fez Watley, the man who doesn't date because you're mainly afraid about breaking up. Yeah. It, it frightens me, like, if I get involved with someone and it doesn't work out. Will this make you feel better? Um, you won't get involved in anyone. No, that doesn't make me feel much better. You're asexual, with tendencies, what they're now calling gay sexual, where you have certain thoughts, but you will never act on them. So, uh, who put out this list? I know you like the list. This was uh, AskMen.com. AskMen.com, that's Shit. disgusting. Ask. Mm. With a K. Well, then you should pronounce it that way. We will take a break. We'll come back, and Fez has a list for it. It's the Ron and Fez Show. You're listening to the Ron and Fez Show on the virus. Period 197, XM202. In death, a member of Project Mayhem has a name. His name is Robert Paulson. 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 Yeah, it's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Fez, this was sent to me. Your name is up on the Facebook for $100 Dreams. Congratulations once again to Fez for winning the $100 uh, Visa gift card. Fez obviously has the hot hand right now. See if you can take them down with an iPad tomorrow night. So they are now uh, putting you out there, Fezzy, as the man to beat. Oh, yeah, reigning champion at this point. Two... That, like pissing champion? No, 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 reigning like, like, reigning like the king reigns. Oh, 
I see. So, night before, I went an HP notebook. Last night, a $100 gift card from Visa for, from $100dreams.com. Yeah, I feel unstoppable on that website. And A lot of people are saying fixes in. There is no fix in whatsoever. No fix. All right, I'm seeing a new Fez Watley here. And uh, you said you have a little list for us, Hot Hand. Yeah, this is um, a list of places where you should never break up with a woman. And um, Just I'm asking you, have you ever lost any of these uh, games you've played? No, I've won every every time I've played, I've won. You're 2-0. Yeah, 2-0. Okay. Yep. Undefeated. So this is a list of places where you should never break up with a woman. And it's a pretty, uh, this list pretty much covers everything. So, I mean, they, um, I don't know if you wanted to guess the number one place. Um, what, what is the question? Uh, places to never break up with a girl. While you're ass-fucking her. No, that, that actually didn't make the list. Mm-hmm. I'm clean. So, but there's things on there like at your house, that was number ten. At the office, never break up with someone at the office. Don't break up with her while you're on vacation, at a wedding, at her parents' house, on a plane or in a car. Those I can understand. Uh, Number three was at a bar. Two was in a restaurant. And number one was online. So, I don't know. I think that covers just about every place people go. I, I think the best way to break up is in a... Uh, open field, kind of like at the end of Wall Street, where you're walking from one end, you make her walk from the other, and then nobody can hear the things that you're saying to them. Uh, Brandon, Georgia, you're a manifest. Brandon, we got you? Yeah, you got me. I just wanted to say uh, congratulate Fez on his win. Tell him loving the new character, Yahoo Fez. Awesome. Great story. Um, Yahoo Fez is what they started calling you yesterday, huh, Fez? Yeah. I I didn't understand why I'm Yahoo Fez, but well, Yahoo is a search engine. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't like I was talking about Yahoo. No, but they're saying using the Yahoo search search engine. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess I've been called worse things. It's a nice nickname to have. Yahoo. Uh, Eric in Texas, you're on Fez. Well, back in my hometown of College Station, we would always have this uh, breakup table. It was just kind of known as this little coffee bar called the Coffee Station. And uh, it's a little two-seater right next to the wall. And anybody who sits down there, you know, it's always always a couple, and you always know what's going to go, what's going to happen. So we would just kind of chill in the corner and watch as people would sit down and break the news. And very sad, but also pretty funny to watch. Well, it's always kind of great when they don't know it's coming. And they're just trying to bring up other plans to you. And then you give them, yeah, well, well, well let's hold on for a second. Uh, and I think the best way to do it is just say, I've met someone better than you. I think that's always the easiest way. That way they don't have a defense. Uh, Darren, you're on Ronnie Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Did you say Darren? I guess I did, Darren. Uh, yeah, I broke up with my girlfriend uh, at, the, at her high school graduation, and I found out that she had a pact with her seven friends that they were all going to lose their virginity on that night. I broke up with her at the hotel at about 12 o'clock at night, but I didn't have the balls to fuck her. I, I just felt too bad. 
Oh, so you already wanted to break up with her? Yeah, I knew it that night, and I just I couldn't do it before. I ended up going to the graduation, and then she wanted to fuck back at the hotel, and I was I couldn't I couldn't pull the trigger. I just said, "No, nah, it's over." You should have gotten been a, a award for being most gay of the graduating class. Yeah, Who wouldn't at least wait until? First of all, the last sex is always the best sex because you're thinking to yourself, "I have to make this one work." I've got to leave my name on the wall in a way that she's comparing future boyfriends to me. Make that nut off. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the blunt way of putting it. What? 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Um, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Hey, Seed, you're on the Run of Fez show. What's up, buddy? Yeah. Uh, just wondering if uh, Fez is going to be giving away his prizes on the air there. Why would he? Why not? Because he's the big winner. Oh, well, I'd like to be a big winner too. Then you got to join and beat him at the game. That's the only way to win. That's all you got to do uh, is take me on on one hundred dollars dot com. Take on me. You got to do that thing where you're trying to break out of a comic book fuzz. Just slam myself into the panels. Uh, Sylvester Stallone says that uh, he can pinpoint the exact movie that started to ruin action films. Uh, let me think, if I can myself, and I believe I can. Actually, two. Is it okay if I do two? Sure. If I hit one of them? I'm going to say Last Boy Scout and Last Action Hero. Last Boy Scout uh, starring Bruce Willis, Last Action Hero starring uh, Sylvester Stallone, because those guys made fun of the action movies while they were doing it. And let their own audience know uh, this stuff stinks so bad and you guys are buying into it. Did you ever see either one of those, Chris? Oh, yeah. I saw both. I, I, I like Last Action Hero and Last Boy Scout. But don't you see, like, after you do those films, it's very difficult to come out with a Judge Dredd after the fact? Yeah, they mocked themselves out yeah. in their entire careers. Yeah. And, and not just themselves, but making fun of their own audience. Like, look at the stupid shit, the stupid little jokes we have to do for you guys. Was that it, Fez? Nope, it was not either one of those. Uh, because I really do think that the action hero thing had just run its course. I mean, there were action movies after that. Uh, Jackie Chan was still doing them, and, but they were, you know, more of karate stuff. You got away from that Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger were big guys with, with dumb, dumb quips. So he was saying that, um, the movie he pinpointed it on was Tim Burton's Batman. That after that, you didn't need to have action uh, guys that look like action heroes to be in action movies, where you could basically just Velcro on the muscles after that, put on a suit, and he said that's how people like Michael Keaton and Tobey Maguire got to be action film stars. That no one had to work out anymore. All right, well, he's got a big action movie this summer, right? Yeah, The Expendables. Um, here's Pat in Florida. Pat, you're on Fizz. Hey, Ronnie B. Uh, yesterday I got an email from Mafia Life Chris. Uh, and the email entailed how he was talking about his life and how he got started with the website and that he's got the Mob Candy magazine and he just wanted to introduce himself to us. And, you know, if we ever wanted to, we could email him and stuff like that. And, uh, 
Well, he's a marketer. Uh, Mafia Life Chris is a full-time marketer. Marketing his brand, MafiaLife.com. Uh, MafiaLife.com. And I believe he has new traveling mafia museums uh, where you can see mafiosos' uh, cappuccino machines. I know he had somebody. I think he had John Gotti's uh, cappuccino machine. He loves being Italian. Uh, Mar he does. He's very proud of his heritage. Um, Mark, Philly, you're my Fez. What's up, buddies? Yeah. Hey, Fez, are you going to be involved on the uh, the iPad auction tonight? Because if you are, I want no part of it. I don't think I can beat you. You're too hot right now. He is hot, but he can't win forever. Oh, I don't know, Ronnie. It's going to be tough. Yep, I what is your secret, Ben Fez? My secret has been to try to let... I basically rope-a-dope the other bidders. <laughs> because you get 20 bids to use, and all you have to do is be the last one, the last person to bid when the clock runs out. You know what you have now, Fez? What's that? An interest. This is a Fez Watley we've never known before. Fez Watley with an interest. So you just basically have to sit there, let other people eat up their bids, try to last, uh, outlast them, try not to bid until there's a couple of seconds left, people. Look who's saying words. You're, just, You're saying words and you have opinions. You're just holding on tight till the end. Think this becoming an addiction? Let's hope. Something to fill up his time. I think last night when I put in the, the final bid, I think it was like three seconds, maybe under three seconds left on the clock when I went ahead, threw out one of my bids, and I had almost used all of mine up, too. So You see where I'm sitting right now, Fez? Where? Edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. You're holding court with your story about uh, gambling, I mean auctioning. And this isn't rigged for you? Nope, it is not rigged for me. This is the beauty, because this could be the thing that takes down the Ron Fez show. If this is a gimmick. No gimmick involved. Just me and $100, the $100 dream man. Fez, later today I'd like to meet you in the middle of a field. i got to tell you something. Hopefully there'll be a light rain. Did you get any of that rain last night, Hicks? I uh, did not hit a story, no. Not at my uh, place either, on the beautiful Upper East Side of New York, New York. And yet, the newspapers uh, were screaming like it was perfect storm of the century. Yeah, Westchester got destroyed. Bestchester! What happened to that little fat kid that used to sing about Bestchester? What was his name? Remember, he was so proud of Bestchester. Then he got big for a second off his YouTube. Then he got an MTV uh, show out of it. Then he went away Andy forever. Milonakis? That's the kid. <laughs> That's the kid. I know that because Fez just nodded. Um, Wayne, you're on running Fez. Hey there, Ronnie B. Hey, is the secret out? It's finally out? Yeah. Fez rope-a-dopes? He does. He ropes-a-dopes. Um, Matt, you're on running Fez. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome to hear Fez so happy. He's the big winner twice in a row on the $100 Dreams. Um, just want to know, you know, and make the listeners happy if you could tell us your secret. Not at this point. Fez, you know what you should do? You're playing tonight, right? What time? Uh, 8 o'clock. Uh, tonight, play Dream On while it's going on in the background. 
and you're just going to be a big winner. You're kind of the fucking stud of that room. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, if you if you look at uh, $100dreams.com on the homepage, latest winners, Fez2000, Fez2000, that's my handle on there. It's your handle everywhere, right? Oh, yeah, it's what, just what I use. Smart idea. Pick your weight, that way you can always remember it. This is Fez's theme song. There's a little band from Boston who had just listened to Stairway from Heaven and gave him an American answer. Maybe uh, we should be playing Seasons of Weather instead. Go a little deep. Maybe we go deep enough that it's... Uh... Here's Tom has a question for Fezzy. Hey, buddy. Air drums. What do you got, Tom? Hey, um, I just want to check to see what time the show started, because for the last hour and change, I've been listening to a, uh, a live read for $100 Dreams. Uh, here's what you need to do. Find another show. Fez Watley's happy about something. He has a new hobby. He loves it. And you maybe heard six, seven minutes of it. Don't let him get you down, Fez. You're a winner. Right? Don't, don't you choke that deer back. Okay. Choke it back in. Did you find the seasons of weather yet? I hope you got a live... Listen, listen to this mix that he does as he brings one down and brings the other one up at the same time. He's a master. Oh, he did grab a live. <sighs> Welcome back to the Spectrum in Philadelphia. I need a lot of scarves around my neck and the microphone.
feel so fair. How we doing, Philadelphia? So sadly, all you time, time to change your mind. Live on borrowed time, take the wind right out of Quite frankly, I don't understand how this has anything to do with Fez playing. Has everything to do with it, thanks. I guess it does. Ted, New York, you're on Fez. Ted. Yeah, Ronnie. Yes, buddy. It's good to hear Fez in high sprints for once. Keep your sprints up, Fez. All right, see? Don't do it, Fez. You're not going to tip today. Just relax and listen to Aerosmith. It's all right here. Ford, you're on the run of Fez show. Whoops, Ford, you're on the run of Fez. My brother went to see Aerosmith at um, Spectrum, and both times had to leave early because somebody threw M80s on the stage. There was, uh, I was at that fucking show. This M80 came down so slow, right? Like three, four stars in, songs in, blows up in Steven, in Steven Tyler's face. They fucking uh, carry him off. The lights come up, and everyone starts fucking booing and yelling pussy. And I'm like, the guy just had a fucking M80 blow up in his face. It's a very difficult thing to pull off. Uh, next show, everything's going well. I'm selling a little bit of that horse tranquilizer, some of that PCP in the bathroom. Bing, bang, boom. Found myself down at the roundhouse. Getting called Roy Rogers by a bunch of fat fucking Philly cops. Me and fucking 30 ethnics in the same fucking cell to dawn. One fucking white kid from the suburbs in the middle of all this fucking madness. Why everybody else is picking at their fucking scabs. That's what I'm telling you, Fez. Don't let anything bother you. I'm trying not to. Uh, CBS going forward with a new daytime talk show. It's going to be their version of The View. So they're going forward. They're going forward. All right, good. Moving ahead. So it goes sideways like a crab. So the panel's going to be Julie Chen. Ching Chang. 
Sarah Gilbert from the Roseanne sitcom, the youngest daughter. Holly Robinson, Pete, who was just on The Apprentice, uh, went to the finals against Brett Michaels. Leah Remini from King of Queens. And Marissa Jarrett Winokur, I think that's how you say her name. God forbid they don't have enough people in there to keep adding more. I hope you go on for a half an hour with this list of people. So, and that was it. She's the, she was the big girl from the latest Hairspray movie. So that's their version of The View. So I think... Are they it, putting it up against The View? Um, I don't... Uh, I didn't see a time when it was going to be on. But Julie Chen also does the morning show there, too. She's not going to do the morning show anymore. Okay. So I'm not sure when this is going to be on. Okay. But if you match it up, I think Chen versus Barbara Walters, you got to give the advantage to Walters. By the way, you know who we, I saw in here yesterday? Liz Smith. Oh, the gossip colonist. Yeah, she was in Barbara Walters' seat, maybe running her show for her. Oh, yeah, Barbara's still recuperating. Oh, I thought she was back on The View. She only came back uh, via webcam, I think, for one morning. Mm, via webcam. <laughs> via. So, is there any other time that you say via? I think that's it. I'd say it if I used the word poncho first. So... Uh, I think she's not coming back until September, full-time on The View. Since her heart operation. Oh. All right, Ron and Fez show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, let's go over here to Steve and PA. You're on Ron and Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. I was uh, one of the many losers last night against this Fez 2000 guy. Are you playing again tonight, Steve? Uh, probably not. I blew my load for the week. Uh, how much is it to get into this game tonight, Fizz? I think this might be a $20 auction. $20. $20. That's for me. Yeah, to win Just a... Just $20, that's all. To win a $500 iPad. Now, for $3, uh, you can get four different rings. Or $5. I was doing a little plane strains and uh, automobiles, Fizz. Because you say dollars like John Candy. Have an appetite like he used to, too. Only six seats left. I'm getting an update. Are you in? Yeah, I already got my seat. All right. Six seats left. Yep. Play against Fez Watley tonight. iPad, how much money? Uh, $20 to get in. $20. And it's worth, uh, iPad worth $500. $500. Uh, and how many seats? I think there's 40 seats. That's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. Do me a favor. Win this tonight. I have every intention on it. If you win this iPad, why don't you give it to me? I would do that. All right. Better win the iPad or else you're buying one. You owe me. As of right now, you owe me a fucking iPad. No, I owe you the iPad if I win it. Then win, because you always win. Yeah? If not, I know that you're fucking... You're fucking counting the lights just to piss me off. I would not throw the match just to not give you an iPad. Why don't you just buy an iPad, come back and tell me you want it, and I'll believe you. And then immediately I'll go to a coffee shop, sit down with my iPad, and act like I'm working on something very important. Your thesis. I never did a thesis. Did you ever have to do one? Fuck no. I got kicked out of college. What am I saying? I didn't even do homework when I went to fucking school. My mom was like, you don't have any homework? I go, don't give it out. Isn't that crazy? And then they're fucking flunking me. So they're assholes. 
All right, we're down to five seats left if you want to play against Fez Watley. Uh-oh, four. They're going fast. Please. Please. Maybe whatever listener gets this could give me the iPad. Might be a fun way of going about it. I'll take on all comers. Oh, oh God. Fag. Roger Ebert has uh, something uh, new on his... Well, he, he Twitters, and he Twitters quite a bit now because he can't speak. So Twitter is his way. That's his coffee shop. And he came up with this uh, gimmick of movies everybody likes. Uh, and it's not the same thing as saying the best movie of all time, but it's a movie everybody likes. You don't run into people who don't like this movie. Uh, one of the movies he brought up, Back to the Future. Everybody likes Back to the Future. Now, if you were making a list of your top 100 movies, probably wouldn't be there. But if someone said Back to the Future's on, you say, yeah, I'll watch it. Uh, Christmas Story, another one uh, that he put up there. Everybody likes uh, Christmas Story. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. If you want to get in on this, movies that everybody likes. Now... Normally, the movie that's called the best movie of all, all time, Citizen Kane, not everybody likes it. Uh, a lot of people think, am I too stupid to understand why this is a good movie? Why am I uh, being pushed into it? So, best movie doesn't matter. I guess you're almost looking at lowest common denominator, but it could stay still considered a good movie. Uh, another example he brought up, and you'll hear this from everybody, Shawshank. Oh, I love, did you ever see Shawshank Redemption? The fucking funny thing is, that movie came out, made a nickel, and went back off the market. But once it went to cable, every guy out there decided themselves they liked it. So, uh, as you call in for this, uh, I'll run the uh, thing around the room and see if everybody likes your movie. Uh, Mike, Mike, you're on the Ron Fez show. Give me a movie everybody likes. Uh, The Fifth Element with Bruce Bruce Willis. Can never turn it off when it's on, and I've never heard anybody say that they didn't like it. I don't think girls like Fifth Element, and I would also go so far to say this. The fucking black DJ gets annoying by the end of it. And I'm not even crazy about the fucking broad with the multi-pass. She's really great until she can start speaking. And then she's annoying. Um, Parker, what's a movie everybody likes? Also happens to be my favorite, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark is probably a movie everybody likes. Agree, Fez? I like it. I know you like it, but does everybody like it? Hicks, do you like it? Uh, Oh, yeah. I took Dave back to see it a couple years ago, and the little female uh, star was speaking. And I was surprised how annoying it was to see on the big screen again. That you just go from one long, boring chase fight into another boring chase fight. It's not uh, that we've kind of changed the way we watch movies. It really moved slow. And I went there with the intention of, I can't wait to see this on the big screen again. It's going to be fucking terrific. Uh, Tom, Tom, you're on fest. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Now, I have never quite ran into anybody who didn't like Ferris Bueller's uh, Day Off. Um, Matt, you're on Ron Fez show. 
Yeah, hey guys, I'm going to have to go with uh, The Princess Bride. Uh, Princess Bride is kind of interesting because it's a kid's movie, and it's even kind of a chick flick, and yet there's enough laughs in that thing from Andre the Giant. Um, It probably works as a movie everybody likes. Uh, Doug, you're on the Run of Fest show. Original Godfather, for many, many reasons. Uh, Now, Original Godfather is definitely a movie every guy likes. But the girls like The Godfather? That's the only thing that would uh, maybe bring this down a little bit. Not 100% sure if all the girls like The Godfather. Uh, Evan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, you got to go with Caddyshack, first one. Love Caddyshack. Every guy loves Caddyshack, but then you'll never see a lot of women doing Caddyshack jokes. Scary. Uh, Gary, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Mm-hmm. How about uh, Hoosiers? Every guy likes Hoosiers. Does every woman. Uh, pulling across this movies everybody likes. Scott, you're on Run of Fez. Ronnie, uh, got one. Uh, War for the men and uh, love for the women. Gone with the wind. Epic. Gone with the wind. Definitely every woman likes it. But it's painful, I believe, to uh, men. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Big show. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, everybody? A uh, movie that I think everybody likes, or could be wrong, but uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Not even my favorite of all the National Lampoon Vacation movies. I'd actually probably think that the first one might work for everybody. Don't know if the third one does. I got annoyed by the time they went to Europe. Uh, Dave, you're on Run Fez. Goodfellas. Goodfellas, that's an every guy-like movie. Uh, Doug, Doug, you're on Run Fez. Not one of my favorites, but everybody likes it. Jerry Maguire. Well, if it's not one of your favorites, it might not be a movie everybody likes. Uh, do you like Jerry Maguire, Hicks? I'm not the biggest fan. Yeah. Um, and it definitely works uh, for the fact that every fucking woman loves that stupid oh, thing. Yeah. But then the, the hidden aspect of football that roped men into it. It's bullshit. And it's not a football up, movie. End up having a gay guy playing the fucking wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Fez, you're completely sold out for tonight. No seats left. Everybody wants to take on Fez Watley. All right, I will meet you other 39 people in the auction room tonight on $100 Dreams. Um, Bob, you're on Fez. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Girls love it because there's two gorgeous guys, and guys love it because it's a classic western. Love the movie. Hicks, do you even know it? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I love that movie, yeah. I think that one could move into a, an everybody likes movie. Uh, Mike, PA, you're in Fez. Ghost with uh, Patrick Swayze. Every girl loves that movie. I, um, but I don't think guys do. When he gets shot. Yeah, when he gets killed in the beginning, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but then you're supposed to cry over it. And think about him getting back, and then he looks like that fucking melted candle at the end of it. Those creepy I, ghosts. I, I find it just the most fucking annoying thing in the world. Um, and then it'll be a thing where a girl's crying, she'll look over at you, and you know, you're fucking texting somebody. And you're like, uh, no, I'm watching. I just have to get back to Hicks. Uh, Michael, you're on my face. All right, I'm ready for the smashing for being a dumb southerner. But I don't know anybody that doesn't like Dumb and Dumber. It's just so stupid, it's great. 
I will agree, every guy likes Dumb and Dumber. I don't know if it's a girls' movie, though, because there is an extended shit scene there. Yeah. It goes on quite, for quite some time. But is it? it's a hard thing to say that everybody likes. Like, I'll give you an easy one, Wizard of Oz. You could sit there with an entire family, children, parents, grandparents, a drunk uncle, and everybody will sit there and go, it's the Wizard of Oz. You put on The Godfather, children are going to wander away, the uncle might pass out drunk, and then wake up and start screaming, you fucked over your own brother. What? Uh, I'm talking about actual things that happen. Oh. Um, let's go over here to uh, Joe. Joe, you're on Anchorman. I like Anchorman. Um, I don't think it's going to be a chick thing. And by the way, there's talk right now of Anchorman coming to Broadway. Oh, Jesus Christ. Every With fucking... Farrell? No. With him? He loves Broadway, this guy. Yeah, he did the Bush thing what, a, few, uh, a few months uh, yeah. a while ago. Yeah, he did it for a long time, too. Um, Fez, what about the movie that you love above all others, starring Richard Dreyfuss and Bill Murray? Uh, not a giant hit when it came out, uh, but it does seem like a movie everybody can watch, and it's, it was your favorite movie until Batman. Right, yeah, what about Bob? I would say yes, everybody loves that movie. Because when it first came out, I was loving it so much, I kept going back to the theater to watch it, and I would take different people, including like my parents and friends. Everybody loved it. Uh, Bill Murray was on Letterman last night, did three segments with him. Opened it up by diving into a garbage pool. And sat there soaking wet for three different segments in that fucking cold, cold studio, and everybody just loved him. You cannot look at Bill Murray and not think to yourself, I adore that man. He's in a new movie with uh, Robert Duvall called uh, Get Low, I think is the name of it. And it's a really beautiful shot movie. Bill Murray doesn't play the Bill Murray character as much. Uh, he's such a strange guy. He only took the movie because, hell, Robert Duvall's in this, so I'll get to meet him and and work with him because he doesn't do a lot of movies. And he's fantastic in it. He's fantastic in it. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, Aaron, you're on running fez What's up, boys? How's yeah. it going? Uh, my movie is The Matrix. For a couple of reasons, there's a little bit of love story in there for the ladies, and it's the story of Christ regurgitated. Uh, well, I don't like when people throw up the Lord, but other than that, now, it does work for me. I don't know if it works uh, for women as much, but in terms of sci-fi, it might be the closest, you know, of the sci-fis that you're going to get to everybody likes. Um Alicia, you're a manifest. Hey, hey guys. What about Ghostbusters? Could fall into the everybody likes category. Yeah. Uh, I tell you right now, you got a five year old nephew upset, obsessed with Peter Venkman. Uh, Chris, you're a manifest. Hey guys, uh, Groundhog's Day. 
Bill Murray just seems to be dominating. Everybody likes. Now, here's, this is a weird thing. That is a romantic comedy. You can't get around the fact that Groundhog's Day is a romantic comedy. And it is a movie that you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch that fucker again. Um, Josh, you're on Hey, buddy. Uh, how about Forrest Gump? If I can speak for myself, I don't even like it. I don't. I, I get it's overly retarded to me. And then I just give Furious that it beat Pulp Fiction for the Oscar. Um, let's go over here, Donnie. You're on Uh What about Stand by Me? It's a really good call because actually that's a kids. Yeah, it's it's a kids movie, but if you watch that movie, you will think about your childhood buddies that you used to do crazy shit with, and you'll actually you'll go like this at the end of it. I'm going to call him. And then you never do, but you think, I'm going to call that crazy bastard I used to hang out with when I was 10. Um, Monty, you're on Manifest. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I love it, but do you ever try to fucking get a chick to sit through that movie with you? It's difficult. Three hours long. It's, it's tough. It's a three-hour chore. Uh, Chris, you're on Manifest. Hey, uh, Home Alone. Home Alone, another kid's movie. Uh, it's a Christmas movie, but Hicks, I saw you just grimace. I watched it recently. I just got annoyed. I was like, my buddy had it on in his house fucking uh, last weekend, and I just got annoyed watching it. You need it. to watch it at Christmas. Plus, were you waiting the, the cop at the time? Yeah. So I was waiting for someone to come <laughs> through, sure. Uh, Greg, you're on my face. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, Christopher Guest movies are pretty strong. I'd say Spinal Tap. Not everyone's seen all of them, but everyone that has seen it, I think, really enjoys them, you know? Well, first of all, that is not, that's a Meathead movie, not a Chris Guest movie. Meathead uh, wrote and directed that, Rob Reiner. But I would actually say no, because I've been with people who didn't laugh at Spinal Tap, and I saw a woman once go like this They're stupid, and their music stinks. And I'm like, what? it's not a fucking <laughs> documentary, you idiot. They just don't get it. And then I screamed out, Smile and Blow Me. Years. Years before Mel Gibson come up with it. But I can't convince people of that now. That's Mel's line. Do you have any recordings of it? Uh, I fucked up. Whoever gets it to TMZ first owns it. Let's face it. Uh, Melissa, you're on Hey, buddies. How about Scent of a Woman? Do you know how many Al Pacino movies I would watch before Scent of a Woman? <laughs> um, no. No, Panic and Needle Park. I'd like to sit down with the whole family. And say this is so close, you wouldn't even believe it, kids. Rocky, you're on a fez. What about sleepers? S what? Sleepers? Yeah, sleepers. Yeah, I don't think that works for the whole family. There's kid rape in it. I like it. It's definitely a guy's movie, but I don't think you're going to sit down with the children. Watch, you're on a fez. Animal House. Now, the weirdest thing about Animal House is it hasn't fucking held up. Animal House came out, then, you know, after that, Caddyshack came out. Animal House, gigantic fucking hit. Caddyshack, very small. Did okay, but very small. As the years have gone by, the legend of Animal House gets smaller and smaller, and Caddyshack just looms. You don't know how time's going to treat things. Um, and look how m many Bill Murray movies have come up. Uh, here's our good buddy, Arch. Arch, you're on Blues Brothers. Do you think it works for girls? Yeah, because you got the jilted bride trying to kill him the whole movie. 
I don't think uh, girls necessarily like it as much as guys. Um, here's uh, Freddie. Freddie, your manifest. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah. Uh, Got to say, the Goonies. Goonies, kids movie, but somewhat retarded kids movie. I think it's it's a thing that every kid will like. I don't know if adults can sit through it. Uh, Rob, you're in Manifest. Yeah, how about Jaws? Bingo. I don't know what it is about Jaws. An entire family and two ex-cons can sit down and watch Jaws, and everybody's having the time of their life. And how many times have you been watching that when someone goes, why don't they just drive the boat in and come back out tomorrow with more boats? That has come up like I'm going, then we wouldn't have a fucking movie, would we? Of course he needs to smash the radio so they don't get help. If you look out there and there's an armada of people shooting missiles at this fish, we lose the excitement level. Um, yeah, but it doesn't make sense, though. Uh, Andrew, you're on Run and Fez. Uh, how about E.T., the extraterrestrial, or any Steven Spielberg movie for that matter? Uh, well, we just did Jaws, but E.T., uh, enormously big at the time. So big that the president at the time, Ronald Reagan, said, why don't you guys just start and call me E.T.? And for six months, we, we referred to him as E.T. Uh, now, in hindsight, people like it less and less. Uh, it's a good boy in his dog movie. It may almost be a backlash. It may be because it got so big that uh, Neil Diamond wrote a song about it. Michael Jackson narrated the uh, book on tape. It was simply um, the biggest thing that you've ever seen. Um, but now I think there's a backlash. Paul, you're in Memphis. Uh, you you got to say Die Hard, dude. Uh, die Hard is 100% male. I don't know if women love the fact the guy running around with broken glass, with bare feet, Dirty, uh, eating Twinkies, <laughs> talking to his black friend like they couldn't be. I love it. I have never in my life turned off Die Hard, no matter what fucking point we get into it. And occasionally you meet people and they have no respect for uh, for Bruce Willis. And I'm really like, he doesn't owe me anything after Die Hard. Out of all the 80s movies, it was like action movies because 99% of them are embarrassing. And personally, I don't like any of the Die Hard since the first Die Hard. But that first Die Hard has been copied constantly. Um, Ron, you're on Fez. Yeah. Let's go over here. John, John, you're on Fez. What about the jerk with Steve Martin? Um, you don't have to use fake names. And the jerk, Steve Martin, definitely gigantic when it came out. Hicks, you would have been too young for it, so how do you feel about it now? Uh, I like it a lot. My parents showed it to me when I was younger, and I, I still like it. I still think it's fucking great. What about the original Peter Sellers uh, Pink Panther movies? I never saw any of those, ever. I was never exposed to any of them. Mm. I got one for you here. What about the original Arthur? And I say that because they're making another one. <laughs> Russell Brand. I, yeah. I, it's a fucking great movie. I love it. I tried playing it for my kids once, and they stared at me. Really? Yeah. And oh. even I stopped laughing. After a while, I'm like, no. forget that I'm laughing. Don't, don't, don't no, laugh it, it for you. It, it, it felt like, I felt like when my dad tried to put on like Glenn Miller, like, listen to this. It's white jazz. 
You don't have to listen to that African jazz. It's white jazz. And I actually said this to my dad. I didn't ask to be born. Uh, David, you're on Running Fest. I'd say uh, Independence Day, Ron, or any of the war movies, like any of the end of the world movies. That kind of ties everybody in. Uh, I actually, at Independence Day, yelled out, this blows during the movie and started really? cheering for the aliens. I hated that fucking movie. I know it was an enormous hit. Uh, Steve, you're on Running Fest. I love it. You love it. My chick will sit there and watch it with me every time I watch it. A Bronx Tale. I love it, too. I just don't think it's 100% universal. Hey, you have to remember, a lot of people hate Italians. I blame that on Jersey Shore. And B, women don't understand not squealing. Even when you try to say, you can't fucking dime out somebody, even if you hate them. They don't understand it. Uh, Mike, you're on Running Fez. I want to say Trading Places. Oh, this could be a good one. This could be a good one. Does everybody still like Trading Places? Because there's such a kind of anti-Eddie Murphy thing now. Yeah, you people know? have begun to forget what the goodness. Yeah, they hated him for the clumps or whatever that shit that he put on the fat suits. Norbit, too? Yeah. But although, not too long ago, I went back and watched Beverly Hills Cop, and I'm like, wow. This it was so. I thought it was a comedy before I watched it again. It's just a straight action picture. Um, but out of all that, I, I I'd like to think uh, Trading Places uh, holds up. Um, Larry, you're on Renefez. Hi, Casablanca. I love it. Uh, it is still. It's a romantic movie, not exactly a rom com, and a guy can feel great about it because you do everything right and you still get to walk away from the check at the end. Which is always great. Um, yeah, it definitely belongs there. 100 belongs there. Uh, Frank, you're on Fez. Frank, once, twice? Oh, yeah, Ron, uh, Sound of Music. Stop, Frank, come on. Pollyanna. It's a family movie. Anyone loves it. Even when I was a kid, it was fucking horrifying for me. It's a little girl's movie. You might as well call in and say Annie. It's the <laughs> same exact fucking thing. Uh, David, you're a Fez. Dancers with Wolves. Despise. That's a movie I walked out on. Uh, I, I hated it then. I hated the factor of, uh, you know, oh, I like the Indians so much. But I won't fucking stick my dick in one. I'll find a captured white girl and fuck her. What are the odds you're going to find a captured white girl who talks Indian? They did not have the balls to say a white guy would bang an Indian. And that fucking film was picked above Goodfellas. Kevin Costner should have fucking committed Harry Carey that day. He should have taken a sword uh, out. Got down on his knees in front of all the people at the Oscars and scream out, you brought shame to me. Shove it right through his stomach. Would have been the best Oscars ever. That Harry Carey, they don't even, I mean, they just bleed out from the stomach. Yeah. It's like the worst thing ever. Right in the middle of that gut. Uh, Private Trucker, you're on Fez. Uh, how about To Kill a Mockingbird? Man, I Never met that, anybody that didn't like it. I adore that movie as much as I adore the book. I don't know. Have you ever seen it, Hicks? Uh, no, I never saw the movie. You ought to. You remind me of, of Boo Radley. 
Okay. By the way, did you get that thing where a guy said, I've never seen Pepper Hicks, but I think this looks like him? Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. The, and uh, the guy does look like you. Nailed it. That's bizarre. What was the fake sniz he was uh, selling? Synth Coke. Uh, this is something I guess they sold in the 80s in New York. Fake Coke in a vial to get chicks to fuck you. We were off the rails in this country for so long. Um, Justin, you're in Manifest. Hey, what about Hudson Hawk? Bruce Willis hates Hudson Hawk. Uh, Mike, you're in Manifest. Mike. Yeah, how about the Rocky movies? Uh, only the first one. The first one would make it for me. All the other ones I'm embarrassed about. Grab that uh, fake Coke thing. So a guy fucking actually writes in, I've never seen Pepper Hicks, but I have it in the back of my mind that this looks like him. And it's a commercial from the 80s, and it could have been Pepper's dad doing this fucking spot. You, it must drive you crazy that you are so see-through. That it's so fucking easy to fucking pick out your stereotype. Whatever. So check this out. Go ahead and run it. You promised me you'd bring me some. And I did. I've got it right here. <laughs> it's a fake file of Coke. The porn chick, they just hugged. Give it synth Coke. Is it snow or is it synth Coke? Only a wallet knows for sure. Synth Coke is available at adult bookstores and boutiques throughout Manhattan. Or send $9.95 to Buzz Productions, P.O. Box 446. How about, like, back in those days, you actually had to send something to a P.O. Box? Put That's that awesome. up on 202, friends, as Hicks's earliest work. I can't. How the hell did he fucking know, man? It's fucking crazy. <laughs> I the saw guy... it. I thought, there might have been a resemblance, but it's fucking spot on. It is. And it's the kind of leap cheap, low-grade thing that you would fucking do. <laughs> hey, baby. Look what I got. <laughs> Look, first we blow, first you blow me, then we do this synth coke. I mean real coke. <laughs> Available at adult bookstores all over Manhattan. This is how fucking <laughs> off the rails the 70s and 80s were. And I missed all of it. It sucks. When were you born? Last year? <laughs> 83. You're, you're the fucking, I think you're the same age as MTV. Now, you're actually yeah. younger. Jesus. You're the same age as Live Aid. Your fucking mom gave birth while she was watching Live Aid on TV. Play it again. Go ahead. I love this kid. Okay. Oh, come on, Eddie. You promised me you'd bring me some. And I did. I've got it right here. And that's it's hug. Promise or anything, but give it a synth coke. Is it snow or is it synth coke? Only a wallet knows for sure. Synth His, coke is available. The way that guy felt like an ad man when he came up with that fucking phrase. Hell yeah. Is it snow or is it synth coke? Or if it took CODs. Only your wallet knows for sure. Because remember yesterday I brought up that you want to... Uh, all right, yeah, bring that up. Somebody sent us to this yesterday. And apparently this is kind of old. The... This is at some fucking bumfuck backwater town. A guy's doing sports down there. And he's a black guy. And you hear him, he starts as uh, a very bright gumble voice, you know, a very sports announcer voice. He gets stung by a bee or something. And then he returns to his normal style of talking. Uh, we'll also get this up on 202 Friends. What really happened on that Thursday here at Augusta High School that led to Chris Wood's death? 
the fuck is that? <laughs> Shit! I'm dying in this fucking country ass fucked up town. <laughs> Shit flying in my mouth. The fuck? I can't see pollen. Let's get the fuck out of this country, motherfucker. I can't even see me. Fucking hysterical. YouTube's the best thing ever. I'm done in this fucked up country town. I don't know who sent that in yesterday, but they did. Melinda had it? All right, she's got all the best shit. I'm going to send her some synth coke. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> you know I promise you this. You know me, baby. It's synth coke. I mean real coke. Only your wallet will know the difference. Is it snow? <laughs> Or is it synth coke? Available in adult bookstores all over Manhattan. <laughs> Excuse me. I got a date tonight. You got any synth coke? Have real coke for yourself and synth coke for her. You couldn't show up on a fucking date without a vial of coke. It would have been like showing up in the 1940s and not having a bouquet. That's crazy. Did he bring you coke, honey? Oh, yeah. Nice vial of coke. Oh, this is serious. Strip's weird, though. Uh, Christina, you're on running Fez. Hey, Christina. Oh, hi, guys. Yeah. How about my cousin Vinny? My cousin Vinny might make that thing of everybody likes it. Felix, you're on running Fez. Felix. Uh, hey, Ron. Hey, Fez. How you doing? Good. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Titanic. Be serious. The backlash is tremendous against that. Pat, what's a movie everybody likes? Hey, guys. How about uh, Top Gun? Not into gay porn. Doesn't work for me. Uh, Greg, you're on Fez. Hey, Greg. Uh, yeah, um, I was going to go with a movie and a series of movies that uh, you haven't been willing to give a chance, but I know you'd like it, and that's uh, Toy Story 3 and all those Pixar movies. Everybody likes those movies. Uh, you know, it's my own prejudice, and you're right. These are the biggest-selling films. I just can't watch a cartoon that long. I can watch a cartoon as long as the cartoons I grew up with, like 10 minutes. But an yeah, hour but and a half into a cartoon, I feel like I'm fucking insane. I feel like a crazy person. Maybe I'll take New Girl to it. Um, see if they've got a seat that will pr protect a small vagina. Okay. Like maybe handicap seating? Yeah, they should be able to put her in handicap. Or a small popcorn bucket. Um, all right, we got a, a message here on 202 Friends from the Houston Tornado. He says that country-ass town reporter is Elijah Carey. He works for Fox 26 Houston. I see. So he worked in Houston and then had to go do something in a country-ass town and a bug flew in his face. Uh, let's see here. Gaz says, Little Shop of Horrors, everyone loves it. And Saturday Night Fever is loved by men and women. Uh, Brian says, The Outsiders. Fuck, Pony Boy. Had to sit there at the end, though. Bad News Bears. That's a good one. Tommy Boy, says the llama. 
These are all good uh, fucking pulls. All good pulls there. Uh, Fred, you're on Fez. Hey, what's going on, guys? I was going to say that despite everything, Braveheart is still phenomenal, and I'll never shut that off. But it's a guy's movie, don't you agree? No, my chick loves it. It's got a good love story, and uh, Mel Gibson was good looking. Uh, but now, uh, won't a chick just look at him as some kind of an animal? I don't know. I haven't seen it since all this stuff happened, but I, I wouldn't shut it off, I don't think. Um, Mike, you're on Fez. Hi. Yeah. I got Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams, everyone does kind of love that. I've always liked uh, Durham Bulls better, Bull Durham. Um, Mark, you're on face. Mark. Ronnie B. Yeah. I can't believe nobody said Breakfast Club yet. Yeah, no one did bring up those 80s movies that everybody grew up loving and, and still kind of does. Um. Uh, what was that guy's name that did all this? John Hughes. By the way, uh, Bill Murray just fucking ripped him in some ar- in some article not too long ago, saying he could not believe how much attention the John Hughes movies were paid at the Oscars when they didn't do jack shit for Hal Ashby. Hal Ashby was a fucking genius. John Hughes was just like a genius at getting kids to show up and stuff and say, hey, that's just how our childhood was, even though it wasn't. Even though there was nothing in high school like that. Everyone lies and said, our school was so much like Breakfast Club. Uh, Mike, you're on Fez. Hey, boys, what about planes, trains, and automobiles? It's really a good call. I've never met a human being who says he doesn't like that fucking movie. Fucking great movie. Yeah. Uh, let's go over here. Mike, you're on Fez. Hey, uh, Ronnie B. We got uh, Nicholas Cage. Sean Connery, the hot bitch from Walrats. Uh I'm only borrowing your Humvee, The Rock. Yeah, I don't think that's a for everybody movie. I know that this is going to shock you, even if your chick will sit through that movie with you. She doesn't like it. She doesn't like it at all. Uh, Eric, you're on Fez. How about Days to Confuse, boys? Man, I sure could watch that movie over and over. And have. All right, all right, all right. Uh, we got to take a break here, though. Fez, you got something on your mind when we get back? Something's been driving you crazy? Yeah. This is um, uh, one of the most hated uh, companies and industries that's out there. All right. Coming up, one of the most uh, um, hated countries and industries ever. Are we going to be guessing? Uh, uh, yeah, you can guess if you want to. We will. Right back, Ron and Fez show. Ron Bennington, Fez Watley, the Ron and Fez show, Sirius One Ninety Seven XM Two Hundred Two. Virus. Hey everybody, come on over here, please. Just want you guys to know that I am drunk as fuck, driving around town drunk. I'm on dope, and I want you to call the police. I want to go back to jail, please. Not only that, but I got a loaded handgun right here. I'm gonna start firing this off. So please call the cops. When I'm a walking, I strap my stuff, and I'm so strung out. I'm high as a kite, I just might. Back with the Ron and Fez show on a Thursday, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. That's 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. You can always Twitter at 202friends on twitter.com. 
Uh, one week from tonight, it is Black Rock Volume 1 Live. That's going to be at the Lincoln Center's Rubenstein Atrium at uh, uh, on Broadway between 63rd and 64th. Earl Douglas will have his book out there doing a Q&A. Uh, that's next Thursday, Black Rock Volume 1 Live at 8.30. Admission is free, and the music later on by Dragons of Zinth. They came out with the American uh, Customer Satisfaction Index. That's where uh, people talk about how satisfied they are with certain industries or companies. And this is the first time where they've included media uh, online media companies and, um, and media sites. So I was wondering if you wanted to guess which one was ranked lowest. Well, what am I ranking here? Well, it's um, it also includes media sites, and it's things like the IRS, airlines, cable companies. Which, which is the worst? Yeah, which people are the least satisfied with in this country. Mm. Well, no one's satisfied with the IRS. Yep, there was one actually lower this year. BP? Uh, nope. It turned out to be Facebook. This year is uh, the one people have the least satisfaction with. What aren't they getting? Um, I think it was the uh, rule changes about privacy issues, which uh, ticked off a lot of Facebook users. But more people despise Facebook now than uh, late-running airlines. How many people do you think run Facebook now? Um, I have, I'll say 20 million. I don't know. You're very low. There are 500 million people on Facebook. Uh, if it was a country, it would be the third largest country in the world. No wonder there's so many uh, unhappy customers. Why is that? Well, there's uh, you have that many people you got to satisfy. All right, Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. It is the Ron and Fez Show on a... Thursday, uh, hanging out with you, and the heat wave in New York is just outrageous. And I, I suppose it's pretty much across most of the country. We haven't got a lot of rain here this summer, and the heat has stayed uh, above 90 degrees, and they're also talking about the grid is in the red zone. We could have one of those blackouts at any given time. Yeah, I've tried to start sleeping with some of the lights off. You're doing what you can do to help. Yeah, try to save some of that juice. Because I don't want... You mean cum? No, I mean electricity. You save your oh. cum? He keeps it in a mayonnaise jar and then names it. His favorite of all time is Petey Joe. What year is that from? Uh, well, was, he only started coming last year when he decided what to think about. Uh, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ-866. Ron, zero, Fez. Uh, here's Joe and PA. Joe, you're on Ron and Fez. Hey, Ronnie B. How's it going? Yeah. Uh, I just got into smoking cigars uh, recently, and I was wondering, uh, you know, what would you recommend? I'm, I'm trying to get into some, and I know you're a big cigar guy. Uh, there are so many choices. I hate when people do that because some cigars are out of their... Uh, you know, thing, but go over the famous brand and go for the sample pack. 
All right, sample pack, famous brand. Famous brand, yeah. And just smoking around to see which one that you uh, tend to like the best. They give a real good deal on it, and, uh, you know, you go off to the races. Famous-smoke.com. Uh, the way that, uh, you know, it goes anymore, I hate to give somebody a recommendation, because some of, like, the best cigars, it's not an everyday cigar. Now, um, I didn't know this was actually possible. Mm. They had that flight from D.C. to L.A. yesterday, and they hit such rough turbulence and some thunderstorms that they said anyone who wasn't buckled in... I uh, got hurt on the flight. They had to do an emergency landing in Kansas. Well, why did you think they have us buckle in on flights? Well, no, this part of it I didn't know could happen. Okay. There was a woman who wasn't buckled in. She was in the aisle. From what I understand, when they hit the turbulence, she went up in the air and hit the ceiling. Yeah. Basically staying there as they were dropping. You know, well, you're, you're going to stay until you drop the whole way. I had no idea that could actually happen. I thought that was some sort of effect they use for yeah, movies and TV shows. Nope. No, that actually happens. That's why they have you put on your seatbelts. These people must have thought they were in Lost. Yeah, it's not a good feeling. I was in a, a plane like that that dropped really far. We were going over the Rockies, and I guess there was some kind of thunderstorm. It was one of those like mile-wide so we drop. I, I don't know what it was. It felt like it was a fucking quarter mile. It was, might have been a couple hundred feet. But after coming back and everything crashed like that, everyone in the plane just breaks into this hysterical laughter, like crazy person laughter, like the weirdness of is it over or is it just starting? And uh, the guy I was with, Berkey, Actually got up on his seat, fucking took his seatbelt off, climbed up on his seat, and started doing this crazy laugh at everyone, like we're all going to die laugh. And um, that finally calmed everybody down. They're like, just fucking sit back down. You've weirded us out. Um, yeah, it's exactly what happens. It's exactly why they have you keep your seatbelts on. Uh, Shane, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Ronnie B., uh, I kind of got into cigarettes. Or cigar smoking, too, and I was kind of wanting to know if you could uh, pass on a little cigar etiquette. Mm-hmm. What do you uh, know? As, uh, do you smoke past the band? Do you take the band off when you smoke it? Do you uh, do you chew on the tip? Do you not chew on the tip? What's, what's You the know, most of the time, if you're on your own, just smoke in any way you want to. Uh, but normally, like, if you're in a cigar bar, everybody smokes it very, very slowly, and it's more about just hanging out together. But I say when you're on your own, smoke like you're a guy who is in a junkyard. Just fucking gnaw on it and scream on the phone at people. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. It is the Ron and Fez show on a Thursday. Uh, Chris Angel, the mind freak, he's coming back with a sixth season. On as uh, on August fourth, his show. Uh, I, I, he's coming back with the sexies, with the sixth season. Oh, sixth season! I didn't understand what you were saying. I thought you said he was coming back with the sexies. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? All right, carry on. So he's going to attempt to do the Grand Canyon Death Jump. So he's going to use a hybrid motorcycle to jump the canyon and attempt to land inside a cage dangling from a helicopter. Or else, uh, according to the website, fall 4,200 feet to his death. All right, I am in on this one. I want to see. I want to see the dramatic thing where he's not in the cage, and then all of a sudden 
they turn around and he is dangling from the helicopter anyway. He'll have missed the cage and yet still makes it to the helicopter somehow. When's this all taking place? August 4th. Oh, what a mind freak. He's got a mind freak. Uh, Chip, you're on Fez. Hey, Ronnie and Fezzy, how you doing? Good. Uh, yeah, Fezzy, the reason why that lady got stuck to the roof in the airplane is because of the drop of altitude, which is the same process NASA uses to train the astronauts to work in zero-G. They go up in a plane, they dive the plane down, which gives you zero-G, which lets the astronauts float around, play around, all whatever they want to do. Then when they start climbing up again, they get gravity and they float to the ground. That's why that lady got stuck to the roof on the plane. Yeah, she didn't float. She hit the roof and then then came back right back down. I say I didn't know. I mean, I guess I had heard about that with NASA, but I didn't know it would happen like on a regular airliner at 34,000 feet. Well, how far did they fall? I I still haven't seen how far how fa or how fast or how far they dropped. All right, read into that article. You'll probably see that they dropped quite a bit, and that's why they have you keep your seatbelt on. Why did you think the seatbelts were on? Well, I knew it was for turbulence, but I didn't know you could do that thing that I've seen in TV, uh, you know, in movies where someone actually flies up and hits the ceiling and well, sticks. Why do you think that they do that in TV and movies? I thought it was just for dramatic effect. Give me something else that they do in dramatic effect in, like, a regular movie. It's not a sci-fi movie but doesn't have any place in the real world. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, you don't do it. They're, what they're trying to do is show the effects of what would really happen. Uh, hi, you're on the Run of Fez show. Once, twice. We're like a beat behind with everybody today. Like hey, is this Ralph? Yeah. Uh, like, hey, it, it. like it's taken a while to uh, get people connected. I hate to wake Mars up. And I know he likes a nice long sleep, but ask if he'll look at it this before tomorrow's show, because it's like you click it on, it takes like a full three four seconds before people can hear that they're on the air. Uh, competitive eater Kobayashi is still running his mouth. He's now saying that um, if he had entered the Nathan's Fourth of July hot dog eating contest, not only would he have beat Joey Chestnut, he would have broken his record of sixty eight hot dogs. Now, I don't understand why the guy's still talking trash here. There's plenty of food competitions that Kobayashi could do. Any as big? Uh, no, none as big as that. Because I think you're looking at the Daytona 500, that hot dog eating contest. I think that's the Super Bowl of them all. Because, first of all, now, not another one really gets that national kick where it's on national TV, and then everybody wants to read who the winner is. Yeah, Joey Chestnut's doing one this week uh, out near Comic-Con in San Diego. He's going for the Mars Bar uh, Championship. So how many of these contests you think you could do before you really started to hurt yourself? You know, either your digestive tract, something in your stomach. Uh, and even if you're going about and throwing that up, it can't be good for you to purposely throw up four or five pounds uh, worth of food if you do it on a regular basis. It's going to really start and fucking destroy your esophagus. See, I, I don't. I don't think you. I could do more than like two a year. 
where it's because uh, you know I'm uh, if I have a big dinner, you know, try to eat a big the big steak, uh, it'll hurt me for a week afterwards. And then Joey Chestnut was saying too that he d- he's going to do the Mars bar one, but he doesn't like to do anything uh, involving sugar because that really screws him up afterwards. He likes to stick to proteins. I would think carbs would be one of the easier thing. Why can't they get any just eating like bowls of spaghetti? Maybe it's harder Whereas, to measure. Or from now on, I'm hearing about skillet lasagna. Hard to measure spaghetti? Yeah, maybe Yeah, maybe it is. Can't put a weight on it? Well, I guess you could. But it's not as, you know, lined up as something like hot dogs or candy bars. I'm just cooking some spaghetti. What's the big deal? Although I think that Black Widow woman uh, from Virginia, I think she has, like, the big bean-eating contest. Did you scream at her? You can't tell them how many you ate? No, I did not. If you want to help Don Kumia, Anthony's sister, out. What's Don up to? She's, uh... Hypnotizing people? What did you say? Hypnotizing people for Alzheimer's or something? <laughs> yeah, whatever happened to Don the hypnotist? I'm working a date out. I'm, fuck, I'm working with him. We'll get into the fishbowl. And this time he said he would uh, hypnotize listeners? Yeah. And we got that through? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. I stepped on you in the middle of your live read, though. What are you doing, Fez? Oh, I was saying uh, Don Cumia, Anthony's sister, is doing the memory walk in September to bring awareness to Alzheimer's. So if you want to help sponsor her, help her reach her goal, uh, just go to 202friends on Twitter.com. Andrew, you're on Run Fez. Hey, Ronnie B. Hey, Fezzy. If you ever watch that show, Man vs. Food, you know, over the course of a show, he's doing two or three restaurants at a time. Yeah, but he never so. beats the fucking food. Ever. Yeah, These guys are doing real eat. shit. He's like, well, I couldn't eat eight pancakes. Well, I could. And he's, his main thing now is just hot. Yeah, he's always eating the wings or whatever, just going all around the country. This is the spiciest wings in history. I'm going to attempt to eat 50. That guy sucks. You don't like him? No. Not a fan? Wish I had that job, though. Pretty, looks like it'd be pretty fun. We well, call it Hicks versus food. Fuck yeah. I'll be getting drunk, though, while I'm doing it. Uh, Hicks, what's going on with you today? What's happening in your world? Uh, there is a motorcyclist got pulled over, mm-hmm. and he guys got a speeding ticket, and he, YouTube, he had a helmet cam on. It got YouTubed. He, 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 uh, he videotaped a cop uh, arresting him, posted on YouTube a week later. Now he's facing 16 years for, uh, for wiretapping, for posting a video of a cop on YouTube. Uh, because the cop didn't know he had a camera. Uh, yeah, cause it was so a- you could sit there with a the camera, but you can't fucking fake out a guy. But he should have been able to see that it's like a, it's visible on a helmet, and cops have been videotaped doing things they didn't know they were being videotaped. They've had their backs to their backs to the camera, like that guy in Oakland who got was on camera killing a kid on the subway. Well, again, just because this guy's being charged doesn't mean that he's going to get it, you know. But it does seem there's enough there with the hidden camera. In other words, do you expect and? Uh, that wherever you go, you're being in a camera. Now, and this happens in stores and shit, but do they have to tell you? That would be the question. 
Now, the weird thing is the way they're getting with cameras is that people are going to start to be able to have them in their shirts. That you'll just have this tiny little pin that goes into your shirt, uh, back to your internet, and you're broadcast live, kind of pal talk style, wherever you go. A button cam. Yeah, like a little button cam. Now, the downside there is, you know, you're banging some pig you just met in a fucking bar, and she finds herself in a porn. She doesn't know it. Yeah, I think that is a website. Now, uh, I consider that... What is it, Fez? Now, on the other side, or uh, on the opposite side of that, when a cop pulls someone over and they've got the dashboard cam, do they need to inform someone that this is being recorded for police purposes? Are you asking that as a question? Yeah, because I don't yeah, know. I don't, I don't know either. Um, but we know that all the cops have those things that are on the outside of their car now. But do they have to say you're being taped? Because normally they only do that uh, if they're going to have you do like the DUI test and all that. Um, let's go over to Mark in Virginia. You're on Renifest. Hey, guys. Um, yeah, the the reason why they're being uh, busted for, he's being charged for uh, wiretapping is Maryland is known to take that, uh, if you're videotaping cops, even even if it's on a public street, which is completely legal, um, Maryland's been actually charging people under wiretapping. There's a, a good website out there um, by a uh, photographer, Carlos Miller. Um, I think it's carlosmiller.com. And he just details all these, especially what uh, this one, uh, this case with the cop. The big thing about that cop is that cop came out with a gun drawn on him, which is uh, for no reason whatsoever. Um, but he documents all those uh, cases and how many, how many have gotten off of it because it's, it basically it comes down to First Amendment rights. It's a public street. You can take, legally, you can sit outside of a federal building and take pictures of the federal building. And it doesn't violate any uh, laws because you're covered by the, under the First Amendment because it's on a federal street. Yeah, we have a guy in New York that just goes around and kind of harasses the um, meter maids, ticketing people, and he just does it all day long, and he yells shit at them, and they, and I'm like, you better get your ass. You know, he'll finally piss them off, and they'll start to talk ghetto, and then he posts them. And it's really, really funny, but I guess he is protected almost like he was depressed. Now, sooner or later, they're going to find some synth coke in his fucking uh, coat or a knife in his neck. Um, here's Richard. Richard Washington, you're on my Fez. Hey, buddy. Hey. Uh, to answer Fez's question, uh, anytime we pull somebody over, I should preface this saying I'm a cop, Anytime we pull somebody over, we have to advise them they're being recorded on audio and video. So there's your answer, Fez. All right, so they do have to do it back. Uh, thanks. Uh, here's Matt in New York. You're on Fez. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, the other guy before when he was saying how a cop pulled his gun out for no reason, uh, a cop can pull his can take his gun out on a car stop whenever he wants. A cop can take his gun out whenever he feels threatened. A lot of cops will walk up to a car with a gun in their hand. People just don't even realize it. They'll hold it maybe behind their back or something. Because a lot of cops get a, get a bull in the face every once in a while when they pull over somebody. Well, I've been pulled over, body. and the cop has had his hand on the gun while it's still in his holster. But it's not a good fucking feeling. No. You know what I mean? But, no. uh, but I can also understand uh, that, you know, walking up to a fucking car 
is... It's the most dangerous thing on the job. That's yeah. The two most dangerous things on the job is walking up to a car that you don't know what this guy is thinking and going into a family dispute where somebody, you know, is ready to kill their da- their wife or something, and now instead they're going to kill you. Because right. Those are the two... Those are the two wildest things you could walk in. You never know what the hell's going to happen. Like, if I pull a guy over for, you know, for a blinker out, this guy might have a body in the trunk, and I don't even know it. Right. Now he's going to kill me and my partner. So, um, I mean, just because the cop has his gun out, that doesn't mean he's going to kill you. Do, do you guys record everything when you pull people over? In New York, we're lucky if we have air conditioning in our cars. Uh-huh. Um, we don't actually have cameras anywhere in New York except... Um, Except when we pull a guy over for being drunk, we'll take him to a place where he has to do a sobriety test again inside, like, a police station. And, like, they'll have a line on the floor and everything, and then that'll be videotaped. And we have to tell them ahead of time there's a big, long spiel that the guy has to, like, read to the guy. By the time the drunk gets there and the reading's over and the camera's working, the guy's probably not even drunk anymore. Now, are there times that you wish you were recording everything that was taking place, or would you rather not? Well, I... We're only a generation away from being able to just completely whip somebody's ass in the middle of the street. Like, now you have to assume that you're being videotaped all the time. Right. Like, I've, anytime you stop somebody or pull somebody over and you're within the public, camera phones come out. And, you know, if you pull somebody over the back seat, somebody's videotaping you, you really feel like you're on stage almost all right. the time. But you so, are right. When I was a kid in Philly, getting roughed up by the cops wasn't even considered like. It was, like, considered of, you know, the fucking cop come over, yelled at everybody, smacked a couple of times, and then said, don't let this shit happen, and everybody, you know, went their separate ways. There and what's was... weird about it, what's really weird about it is, we're, like, I'm, I'm pretty young on the job. I only got, like, five or six years on. There's guys with, like, 10 and 15 years on where that was their norm still when they were. Right. So, like, you share, you share a station house with people where they're... When they got on the job, they were kicking ass on a daily basis. Right. Now, you know, they... Now, I can't be the cop that they were. You know, like, there's two different generations of cops pretty much working right. together. And even when I was a kid, it wasn't, like, even taking all that personal. You know what I mean? Like, if a cop gave a fucking whack or a fucking kick in the ass or something, it was just like, well, you know how they are. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, and, and that, now it's, now it's going to be the opposite. Now it's like, right. holy crap, you fucking, you grabbed that guy by the shirt, you almost ruined his shirt. Right. You now it's I mean? like, yeah, now it's like being pulled over by a waiter. Whereas, uh, can I help you in any way? Can I do anything yeah. for you? Cops are always asking you if they could help you. You almost got to give them, like, a how did I do my job survey at the end. Like, right. uh, how did you enjoy your ticket experience? <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Matt. Take it easy. Um, here's uh, Rick. Rick, you're on my face. Hey, uh, Ronnie, um, South Carolina. And um, we actually wear body-worn cameras now and uh we don't have to tell anybody we're recording them we go up to the scene and it's on it's taping everything that happens from the time you arrive to the time you leave all right has it worked in the situation where you you can use this in court absolutely uh you can use it for evidence for purposes you can also use it for uh, any complaints you may receive when you're out on the call or what mm-hmm. and um it's actually uh helped out a couple officers in some tight spots all right thanks uh, all right, Hicks, you've got the guy being pulled over here, right? Yeah, this is the actual video. That so he's pulled over by an unmarked car, but does this car have lights? or? Not that I saw. All right. And the cop is not dressed in a uniform. No. And he's popping right out, pulls the fucking gun out. Get off the motorcycle, state police. He says, get off the motorcycle, state police. 
All he did was kind of flash the, the gun, though. I mean, it's not like he put it in his fucking face or anything. But this freaked out the guy. So the guy had a camera in his helmet at this yeah, time. I guess for making videos, whatever it is. More Never simple. alerted the police to it. No. And why was he pulled over? Speeding. So there was nothing particularly scary about him. No. Uh, no reason that the cop should feel like I'm in, in danger. No. So you'd like to see the cop get fired? Yeah. Why not? A any cop you wouldn't want to see get fired? No. Uh, so this is just your own personal thing? No. I 16 years for a fucking video. Look, I understand. I, I saw a fucking guy recognizing your saints. I, I saw exactly how you grew up. <laughs> I can't believe you're still alive. I get it. Um, here's uh, Mark, your manifest. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, I called just a few minutes ago, but I just had a question for a lot of the police officers that are calling, especially that last fella or a couple fellas ago. That Mark, you can't dominate this, buddy. You can't dominate. Um... Justin, you're on a fez. Hey, guys. Uh, I've been pulled over in almost every state on the East Coast, and the cop has never told me that I've been recorded. And the second thing is you guys say, you know, all these cops, they got to be nice to you now. That's bullshit, man. No cops are nice to me. Maybe one out of ten, you know? Well, well, the fucking point is here what the cop was saying is you, you can't put your fucking hands on people like you used to in the old days. Uh, and second of all, we're seeing cops lose their jobs all the time. I'm not sticking up for them. I'm not saying it's the best way to travel. We're just simply pointing out that a change has taken place. Um, if you go back and watch that uh, English uh, program where the, the guy went back into the 1970s, Life on Mars, their whole way of solving a crime was to go into whatever the neighborhood words that they busted people before keep smacking guys until one of them gave some information saying i know who's behind this because they always figured low lives talk to each other and this is the 1970s so the only way of doing police work was let's go where bad guys normally hang out fucking smack them around tell them we'll stuff dope in their pockets whatever till one of them goes all right i know exactly the story you're talking about that was considered police work. At least back in Manchester City. This was a great TV show. As they ask you to focus on sailors fighting in the dance hall. Take a break here. It's on the Merry Cow's tortured brow That Mickey Mouse has grown up a cow 
Now the workers have struck for fame Cause Lennon's on sale again See the mice in their million hordes From Ibiza to the north of Broads Blue Britannia is out of bounds Ron Bennington Fez Watley The Ron and Fez Show Series 197, XM202, the virus. I'm sorry, Tommy gets a little loaded, he doesn't mean any disrespect. You don't mean any no. disrespect, Henry, no. are you nuts? Billy, Billy, drinks around the house. It's the Ron and Fez show, uh, starting, is it this week Comic-Con kicks off? Is it a long weekend? Yeah, it's today. So it starts today? Hoping to get some uh, updates as we go along from our buddy G-Baby. Uh, the director of Captain America First Avenger says the screen version of the hero will stay true to his roots up to a certain point. We're putting a slightly different spin on Steve Rogers. He's a guy that wants to serve his country, but he's not a flag waver. We're reinterpreting, sort of. What the comic ver book version of Steve Rogers was. This always makes me a nervous wreck when we decide we're going to do our movie version instead of the comic book version, which has worked for decades. Now, you say decades, but is that, when's, did anybody, last time anyone read a Captain America? Well, they killed That's, him off like a year or two ago. Well, it obviously wasn't working all that great. Uh, Hicks is also bums you out. Yeah, why is it so shitty to be American? Everyone just fucking hates us. We can't even have a character that's pro-America. Well, you have to watch this, though. Prince of Persia, tubed in this country, international hit. Most of the movies now are getting more money internationally than they are in America. So you don't want to have something that's going to be flag-waving and then expect Filipinos and Germans to show up at it. And that's not bode well for old fucking Steve Rogers. No. This this Avengers movie is, is falling apart slowly and slowly. First fucking Jim Norton's out. Now these two iffy fucking characters of Thor and Captain America. It's it's I don't it'll see the light of day. Oh, you don't think uh it's gonna pop? I don't know. It's not looking good. To get all those fucking characters in one movie, it might just fucking just fall apart on itself. Um I don't know all that much about Captain America. He had the shield, right? Yeah. Right. Sounds stupid as shit to me. Knuckle Bear has it. Uh, here's uh, Aaron, Maine. You're Aaron Fez. Hey, Fez, I got a question. How is he not a flag waver? He's Captain fucking America. Yeah, he's in the red, white, and blue. They're the ones changing this up. It's going to be like when they decided to make Batgirl Alfred's niece instead of Commissioner Gordon's daughter. But here's the deal. Um, isn't the British flag also red, white, and blue? Yes, it is. Mm. But they're, um, it's, it's, this is where they start taking their liberties. When Who's they, they have, The people like um, at, at uh, Disney you, now who are doing the Marvel movies. Have you ever read a book that got turned into a movie? Um, I don't think so. They never stay true to the book because it's not a book. It's a movie. So most of the time, if you take a book, if you were to shoot every page of it, it would be 
um, you know, 10 hours long. So they basically take like 10 characters, have them put into one or two. Because normally you don't have that guy always next to you through life. So changing like this, not all that different. But I really would think that the reason not to be overly pro-American is just financial reasons. Because you want the people internationally who pay money to see this film to connect with it as well. Uh, like, do you think that kids in this country would like a character called Captain France if he was just... Uh, Pushing everything in, uh, you know, French. The kids in this country are going, I don't want to see that shit. They got to watch out for that. Um, who do we have on the hotline there? Patty called and hung up. I'm trying to get her back. I've been wanting to talk to Patty. Is that from yesterday? Yeah, the, le the lesbian rumors, yes. Uh, apparently, Patty came out on her Facebook and then had some uh, second thoughts about it. Um, Pat, go ahead, buddy. Uh, hey, how's it going, Ronnie B? How's it going, Fezzi? Uh, you know, Captain America's always been a comic that's had kind of a, a liberal stint and has always been critical of jingoism in general. I think they're just, you know, yeah, going to try and make it a little more conducive to an international audience as opposed to Cap not being a guy that's about liberty and about defending, you know, the so-called American dream, representing the American dream. So you're open you know, to it, I Pat? Yeah, I'm, I'm still open to it. I saw the, the, the concept art that they premiered yesterday at Comic-Con, and it looks fantastic. Uh, you know, it's going to like saving Private Ryan with superheroes. Why does everybody got to be against you? Oh, they don't want me to enjoy anything. So you really feel like it's a personal thing, like Pat doesn't really enjoy this? Right, yes. Oh, no, not at all, man. I'm a huge Captain America fan. I'm a huge fan of what Ed Brubaker has been doing on the book for the last couple of years. It's been one of the best books since... 2001, since 9-11, one of the uh, most socially conscious and politically conscious books out there. And always has been. That was the tradition when Lee and Kirby did the book back in the 70s. All this is unknown to you, Fez. You don't know any of this that stuff? Maybe uh, just because you like some comic books doesn't mean you know them all. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big D... I mean, I'm not a big Marvel fan. I'm more of a DC fan. But then why do you get so upset when you hear some news? Because when I hear we're going to change the vision of this... Mm -hmm. That always spells something all, where they're going to change the personality, they're going to uh, change the storyline that everyone knew about. It's but, just, it but never. You, you were just even saying you didn't know about it. In Fezzi's defense, his apprehension is. You know, you know, he's got a reason for it. You know, they they screw it up all the time, Ronnie. So. Well, that, I mean, it's, it's the same thing that you're looking at. Like I try to bring up novels. That you, it's very difficult to take a fucking character that's been around for 80 years and try to, you, you've got to change it in a way at least has to be modernized because they're afraid to. I mean, if you, let's say with Superman, the second that you make a Superman movie, it looks ridiculous. What you can get away with in a comic book and what you can get away with in real life are two different things. A Batman looks ridiculous to me. In Chicago. And they don't even try to cover up the fact that it's Chicago. But you know enough about reality that if some kind of Avenger wanted to, you know, fight crime in Chicago, how long would he last? Yeah, it's a, a week or two. A week or two? Driving around in a car? In a suit? They'd have him by fucking morning. 
Uh, well, here's Stalker Patty. Patty. Hello? Patty, first of all, congratulations. We saw you came out the other day. I never posted that somebody got onto my page and just did that all by themselves. I already think I know it. I deleted that person off my friends list, and then I got princess retraction. Now, how were wow. the yeah? How were they able to break into your uh, password? Oh, that's very simple. I was friends with this person on my page, so he went into my, his uh, list of friends. I was there. He got onto it, and you can see everybody's business as long as you're on their friend list. So I deleted this person. I'm going there right now to the Apple Store to fix some privacy settings so that only the people on my friends list can see my information or see my wall, and uh, that'll solve the problem. And I, I didn't report the post or anything, and I just deleted the person from the friends list since I know who it was. Were you appalled by this, Patty? Yeah, I was upset. Let me tell you something. It caused a lot of stress for me yesterday that I couldn't even sleep. I had to take asthma medication because I couldn't breathe right, you know, because I was just so stressed out over it. That's an unkind, terrible thing to do to somebody. And, and you, I didn't it as a joke either. I'm still upset over well, it. Well, you have every right to be upset because when we saw it, we thought you were making an announcement. No. I was not. I don't go that way at all. No. You know, I like guys, you right. know. That's your thing. And that's it. And whoever did that, I don't know. They were being malicious or they meant maliciousness or they thought it was a joke. It's not a joke to do that to somebody, you know. And then you I could. People... And, you know, your reputation has always been impeccable. You know, yeah, I'm a good person. You I'm are. very loyal to both. I have nothing but loyalty. Wait a minute. Was it so some... Why would somebody wish to harm me? Was it somebody from o a show? I believe so. I know who it was, though, because he gave himself away when I sat down on the stool to hang out the other day. And he made a statement, you know, he, like he made a remark to me like, hey, congratulations for coming out or something like that. I didn't think anything of it until I saw the thing yesterday huh. on Facebook. When I happened to check my email, and uh, Unbelievable. That, you know, I guess you must have did it then, and it showed up yesterday. All right, know? so one of, one of ONA's rat producers did this. Probably, you yeah. know, and but forgot, I'm trying to forget about it now. It's behind me. I already dealt with the situation. I right. changed my password and everything, and I'm going to go fix my privacy settings so that. I protect myself because you got to be careful with the internet. You know, sure. a lot of those things can come out that aren't true. And you, you got to be protective of your reputation. You know, you have, yeah. for many, many years, established yourself as a straight person. And for somebody who could say, you know, one of the worst things you could say about another human being was true. Now, give us a hint, just the first initial, which, which producer oh, do you think it was? Want, no, I'm not getting into that. I, you know, I'll forget that person, you know. I what, just don't uh, have him on my friends list. What, was it S? normal. Was it I'm S? Gonna, I mean, I'm going to keep that to myself, okay? Was, I don't think the first, you know, needs what, to be Was the first person. initial D? T? I don't know. Hmm. There's nobody on the show with the first initial T. Nobody on but the show. But anyway, I don't think so. 
right, hold on. I'm gonna put you on hold. Just tell Chris Stanley off the air, and then he'll uh, he'll write it down for me. Chris, make sure you get in and check that out. Oh my God, she's next to herself. She's so upset. Could you imagine if a disgusting, horrible rumor ever came out that you were in a same-sex relationship uh, happened? It, uh, we're it waiting. Wouldn't, it wouldn't be a bad announcement if it happened. If oh, it, it's if awful. It, if it was true. That could get her fired from Starbucks. Uh, Patty. Yeah? Can I apologize for everybody here at 202 for what happened? Of course. I, I'll, you know, I forgot. I'm starting to forget about it now. I'm just talking it up, uh, learning a lesson about privacy settings, who to have on your friends, you know, and whatever. I deleted the person, so I think the problem's been solved. And uh, now I'm going to adjust my privacy settings, which is common sense. Why don't we do this? Why don't we do something where we go around saying he's a gay? No, that's not right. He's that's an awful guy. That's the right way to handle the situation. Let him know what it looks like to look disgusting. You know, he mentioned it as a joke, but it's Real funny, right? Joke, you know? Gay's not a bad not word. Funny. I'd say that's yeah. the funniest joke since uh, Sirhan Sirhan. You know, as long as people realize that that wasn't really me. That's all. I thought it was. No, because I, I saw it on I Facebook. I thought that it wasn't, and uh, what I was doing about it, and I wrote it in wax tag. You know what I did about it. Uh huh. So I'm on my way to the Apple Store now to go and adjust my privacy settings, which I should have done all along. Yeah. So uh, well, you sure have. Give us an update later, so we know that you're 100 uh, percent secure. Of course. Yeah, uh, no problem. All right, Patty. All righty. Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Hicks, did she turn out the name? No, she didn't. She's really, really the best that way. She is not a snitch. I think it was that fucking Sam. Because he told me he thought Dave was gay. Well, he didn't even say that. He goes, I know for a fact Dave is gay. And I go, how? And then he just starts fucking holding his balls like this. Like, that was his answer. Did he, did he have sex with them? Is that what that means? I think it did. I think that's what it meant. Um, very strange. Very, very strange. Uh, Bill, you're on Renefez. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, I understand your your point on the uh, Captain America thing about it being international appeal, but if they wanted to do that, why did they pick a character called Captain America? Why wouldn't they just not use him if that was Because the case? it's only about money. It's never about, you know, with Fez is saying stay true to the character, blah, blah, blah. None of that stuff matters to those people. It's only the money. They have a brand that hasn't gotten into yet, Captain America. Then they're like, all right, so people will know Captain America. They'll show up. Uh-oh, what about the fact that most people that see action movies aren't American? If if they thought they could make it, they would call it, Fuck you, Captain America, you piece of shit. If they thought they could make more money, they'd do it. Look how they just, turned fucking Batman over to the Limeys. These same fuckers that burned down the White House now run Batman. And did they burn it down once? Nope. Twice. What's three times? A lady? Fuck you, England. What happened in the World Cup? 
I'm sorry, I just asked you a question. What happened in the World Cup? I'd never interview a British person, ever. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. You're on fez Hey, boys. Yeah. Uh, why don't you have a look at uh, Patty's Facebook account and see which ONA producer's no longer on there. Yeah, I don't have that kind of time or interest. <laughs> I just love the fact that she was distraught by it. <laughs> I miss Dave, by the way. Uh, we all do. I woke up last night calling his name out. Uh, John, you're on fez Buddy. Yeah. And Dick Holder, too. Oh, never mind. Um, hey, I'm I heard yesterday on Face. I heard yesterday on the radio, Opie is stealing <laughs> Fez's bits. It's he, that, go ahead. He farted himself awake. Now, what's Fez supposed to do as a go-to bit? I don't know. All right, that happened to me one time that I'm aware of. And another and- time you said you shat yourself to sleep. That was warm. But if Opie would like that, he can absolutely have it. I wouldn't mind getting that one off of my resume. Ask him if you could have big lunch bag. I did have <coughs> um I did have a big lunch bag in my life. I meant the bit. Yeah, I mean all right, that sounds like a fair trade. <coughs> Jameson, you're on run a fez. Brian, I just want to let you know that you are being recorded right now. All right. Uh, then this is a fake call and a hang-up, and I don't want to... I have to get out of here. I cannot be recorded. I can't put up with it. And as a matter of fact, I shan't put up with it. I don't think it's fair to me. Nor is it fair to anyone else. Chris Stanley's on the Run of Fez show today. Uh, maybe a trip to Philly and hang out. We do nitrous with uh, Bri Brian Kathleen. I got a cracker. Let's get fucked up. What is she doing nitrous soccer games for? Because it's there. That's true. That is true. In Australia, they've banned a gay zombie porn flick. From being at their biggest film festival that they have every year. So this is the first time. Why do I feel like this is going to lead to tears for you? Well, it's L.A. Zombie and it's. Right. But what happens when you when you pick up a thing like that? And then what kind of phone calls do you get? I get phone calls that upset me. Then why would you do it? Yeah, I, I should have. You're having a super show today, right? You're the super guy. You've sold out your gig tonight. Um. Uh, why would you why would you do a bit that's just gonna have people call in? Yeah, I shouldn't have, not thinking. Mike in Texas, you're on run of Fez. Yeah, I wanna know what Fez would would have thought if somebody started a vicious rumor on the web that he was gay. Chris Stanley for Senate. Woo See? Now it starts, Fez. Mm-hmm. Protect yourself. Your point was they ought to let the gay zombie movie go, right? Exactly. Right. Brian, you're on run of Fez. And no longer than that, too, right? The exact length? Brian, we got you, buddy? Yeah, hello? Turn your radio down. Oh, yeah, sorry. It's like fucking talking oh, to the guys? past. What's up, guys? How you doing? Good. Where's my money at? That's not even the setup, but I'll give it to you anyway. Somebody bring me back some money, please. 
old shit Niggas like how come Niggas want my old shit Buy my old album Niggas stuck on stupid I gotta keep it moving Niggas make the same shit Me, I make the blueprint Came in the brain I, I, don't, I don't like how he gets racist I'm into a new thing uh, right now uh, called stereoscopic photography. Are you familiar with it at all, Hicks? It's, a little bit. Yeah. Well, this stuff, and if any of the listeners are, it goes back to, like, uh, the 1800s. And it came out, like, the same time as photography, but we actually had 3D back then. 3D, so that the pictures would be in. 3D. And it's always curious to me how technologies can come out at the same time and then one wins over another one. Um, and I don't know how that goes down. I never really understand at what point how that all starts to uh, take place where even like here with 3D movies. In the 1950s, you had 3D movies, and now all of a sudden, James Cameron's making a big deal. Oh, guess what I came up with? 3D movies. And you're like, well, hasn't this been around for a long time? I thought it was like the 1950s. This stuff has been out since the 1800s. The 1800s is when they started to uh, pull this stuff together. Um, and it's a really, really... Uh, fucking interesting thing to see in technology how one gets over and the uh, next one doesn't uh here's bryce in louisiana bryce you're on the run of show hey what's up ronnie yeah i just wanted to point out something that patty said she said she was going to the apple store to get her facebook privacy settings changed yeah you think they want to fucking deal with that well what she does is she only goes to the apple store to use their computers I've oh, okay. seen her post before that she's at the Apple store lose, using their uh, computers. By the way, who do, you, uh, who do you think it was from the ONA show, Chris? I'll say Danny. I'll say Danny was fucking with her. I think it was either Danny or Sam. Um, here, Tom knows a little bit about this uh, stereoscopic photography. Uh, Tom, you're on the run of Fed show. Hey, buddies. Yeah. Yeah, Ron, I believe that the way it works is that there's two cameras set up so that, or two lenses, so that it's just like you have two eyes, and each one takes a picture of the image from, you know, a slightly different vantage point. And then uh, you look at the two of them together when they're printed through a, a view, a viewer kind of thing, like a, almost like a pair of glasses. Yeah, do you remember those viewers that they used to have? Um... You mean the Viewmaster? Yeah, the Viewmaster. Well, that was a little different, but it's kind of the same thing. Uh, but this doesn't like separate it into planes like the uh, like the uh, Viewmaster did. Um, this just kind of combines the two images so that your you know your brain solves the problem, the the trick of taking the two images and melding them together in your head. But it's the fact that each one is shot from a slightly different angle, you know, so that it actually gives it an appearance of three dimensions. Um. And and the point is, it's the uh, appearance of three dimensions, right? You're just right, it's right. and now they've always just a it. trick on the eyes, right? And now they, you know, they've translated it to digital photography, so that there are some websites where you can uh, view this stuff the same way, like on your computer screen. It's always very, very interesting to me. 
866-RON-ZERO-FEZ-866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Steve, in California, you're on Run-A-Fez. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Hey, so I understand that VHS won out over the superior form of beta because uh, the companies involved with VHS embraced porn, and San Fernando was born. Uh, and now, did you notice, like, Steve Jobs is going out of his way to keep porn off his newest things? Yeah, good luck. Yeah, I don't know how you can battle that. Um, Hicks, didn't you, you, yeah. didn't you even have a story the other day that, like, 38% of the Internet is porn? You have everything. A very URL, yeah, a good fucking chunk of that is all porn. This is the interesting thing. 38% of the Internet is porn. And then uh, 62% of the internet, unreadable. Just dull, unreadable. Mainly whining and bitching. That's nice blogs. I haven't read any yet that I like. Well, I'm, I'm looking into the new Mafia Life Chris thing. And he's, uh, you know, it's just the early. I didn't know he was once called Nemo Cakes. That one came as a shock to me. Um, here's uh, Dave. Dave, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Hey, hey, Ronnie, uh, those glasses actually started back in the Civil War. They used to send guys up in balloons. They would take pictures of the battlefield and enemy positions, and then they would come back down, and then it would give them a better detailed picture. They also used it in map making in topology. So now, if anybody cares, that's where it all came from. Here's the, and, and map making has always interested me, even since I was a kid, uh, how anybody could have pulled that out before you had airplanes, before you had satellites, that they were basically just trying to come out with the scale and all uh, when you you couldn't even get a high ground in some places. You know, like just trying to figure out a coastline when the early settlers were doing that. It was amazing to me. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Have you seen any of the photography at all, Fez? No, I haven't seen this. Well, at some point, I'll have to show you some and, and get you involved. Um, this one says, uh, Ron, have you ever had a look at the HDR photography? Well, Anderson, I'll have to tell you the truth. The short answer is no. No, I have not. If you can ever find anybody who's somewhat in, of, um, an expert at this, Hicks, try to book them on the show. Um it would be really great if we get the chance to talk to somebody about stereoscopic photography. Now, uh, Fez, you are excited. Tonight, you're already sold out with your gig. Rumors going on around you that you are cheating. And you said you would try to have somebody on from the company later today to prove that you weren't cheating. Right. We'll talk to James, who runs things at $100dreams.com. If you and he are in it together, why would I believe either one of you? I am not in it with him. I am in there competing honestly and with every bit of effort. That's how I pulled off two wins in a row. Now, if you are handling this thing with honesty and dignity, uh-huh. it would be a fucking first. And I never want to say this to you. Uh-huh. But you are a cheating, ill-begotten son of a bitch. All right. See, that's see that's how some of these things get started. Where I'm going to put this to rest today. I have legitimately... I am siding with the fucking mob, if you don't mind. Put down the torches. I have legitimately won prizes two nights in a row. $100 Visa gift card. HB uh, mini notebook. 
Have you used either one? Nope, I'm waiting for them to arrive in the mail. They are both on their way. They'll probably fucking gather dust like you did that fucking gift card from all the Pal Talk girls years ago you never used. The Visa that gift- money could have went to baby Stan. He could be eating steak today. The Visa gift card will be going back into my $100 Dreams account oh. so I can get m- into more auctions. <laughs> Looks like somebody's getting a little junky. Um, Mike, New Orleans, you're on Renefez. Hey, Ronnie, uh, my grandmother, you know, she collects antiques like gold ladies. She had one of those 3D things from the 1800s. It goes up over your eyes like a pair of chemist goggles. And then you hold this, uh, she had a whole stack of cards. And there's a picture, the same exact picture on the left side and the right. But one was focused on the foreground, one's focused on the background. And it had like two crooked lenses that you look into, and you slide the picture in and out until it comes into focus. It looks 3D. It's like old 1800s photographs. Uh, who, how did she end up getting this stuff? It was left in the family? No, she collected it at flea markets. Her whole house is just filled with old stuff that she picked up at flea markets. And I remember she had a little basket of the cards that you would put into the viewer, like stacks of them. Of, just scenes like all over America, like scenery, you know? So these things were actually taken back in those days. And then, of course, it kind of lost whatever fat it had. So she was able to go around and find it all fairly cheap. Uh, apparently, like I said, I remember she had a little basket with a whole stack of those cards with all different pictures. And I would just we'd sit there as little kids and look at them and you put, you put the little card in there and slide it you know, away from you or towards you. You know what's really funny, too, is like probably you as a little kid, you were playing with something that had some kind of like scientific importance or at least historical importance, but like you don't know it at the time. You're just sitting there playing with it. Yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, it's a hundred-year-old piece of shit, but I, you know. Again, something that's a... Little uh, little red plastic ones where you click them and the the circle turns around. It was like old version of that well sometimes you look at things that like you say they're oh it's an old junk until it gets old enough and then it becomes an antique you know it's no longer junk it's something of sincere value it's the weird thing about it uh 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ here's fred new york you're on the run fest show hey ronnie um fez has went in there a couple times isn't it isn't that how they usually do when they're uh Trying to get you hooked on the on the, the crack or something, they let you win a few times, you know, give, give you a little. <laughs> well, that is uh, how they, you know. I I can't hold the casino responsible because grandmother doesn't know how to walk away from a slot machine. Here's Jerry in Jersey. You're on Run Fez. Yeah, I watched the uh, Blue Lagoon the other day, and in the beginning, right after the shipwreck, they were using one of them. Uh, 3D things from the 1800s. I'm sure you've seen them before. Yeah, but I only wait to see the little girl's ass. I forget all the rest of the movies even there. you got to pay more attention. Yeah, I fast forward. I fast forward uh, to it. Um, Alright. Here is Greg. Hello, you boys. How are you, buddy? Hey, good, thanks. Hey, uh, that machine, uh, that was, it's called a Stereopticon. And uh, you collect. There were companies that actually uh, manufactured those photographs all over the country, took those pictures, 
and you put them in your parlor for guests to come over, and they would uh, they would sit politely and look at your pictures, and there were hundreds and hundreds of different pictures, and people collected them and kept them in baskets in their front room. And, uh, you know, it was uh, early form of home entertainment there. So it was almost like uh, going over and somebody had a flat screen. Absolutely. And they're all over the place. I don't know, my wife runs these antiques. You can find the shit all over the place. There's still hundreds and hundreds of them out there. Uh, and how many pictures do you think were taken back in those days? The thousands of pictures. Wow. All right, thanks. Know. All right, buddy. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, let's go over to Eric in California. You're on Run Fez. Hey, Ron. I just wanted to give you uh, some information that the original lineup of the Beach Boys are going to reform for their 50th anniversary show. Uh, well, two of them are dead, right? Well, yeah, but you know the the surviving members. Now that Brian Wilson has his brains uh, half back together, I, I, and Mike Love. You know, all the lawsuits are over with. I, I think they're going to get back together and play. I know it's not the same without Carl and those harmonies. But, uh, Carl was just amazing. You know, we were supposed to have Al Jardine on the show, and Fez uh, hooked up a meeting at the same exact time that he was supposed to come in, or we probably would have uh, broke this story. But uh, that is interesting, And but you are right. Carl was, you know, to me, no fucking offense to Mike Love, but Carl was the one with the magic voice. Definitely. God only knows. I mean, Amazing. You know, tremendous, tremendous song. And it, it obviously won't be the same, but I mean, right now it's, it's a one-off show and they might tour from there, but just to be a part of history, once again, it may be uh, interesting to check out. Where are they doing this at, you know? They're, they're deciding uh, maybe a Golden Gate Park in San Francisco or the National Mall in Washington or, or some location in Chicago, but they haven't decided yet. Um, all right, thanks. Thank uh, you. Let's go over here to Pat. You're on Run of Fez. Yeah, uh, the uh, the staring optic and viewing thing was actually so mainstream. It was used in a uh, foghorn leghorn cartoon. There was one where he was looking through something and uh, thing come up and hit him in the face, and his comment was uh, staring optic and no doubt. All right, thanks. Um, let's go over to Joe in New Jersey. You're on Run of Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, man, my grandfather used to sell these cameras in the 1960s, and uh, I actually have one if you want it. I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll send it to you wherever you want. Fuck yeah. The <laughs> camera? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to start taking that of... I want to try to capture New York today as if I came <laughs> here as a time traveler. <laughs> um, hey, so I guess he wasn't selling a lot of them. It's just something that uh, uh, eventually they lost out to, like, Polaroid or whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't remember who actually made the camera, but he always had some kind of a fucking scam going. So, uh, you know, he, 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 he did have a little bit of everything. So. All right. Know. I appreciate All right, it, buddy. All right. Bye. Peace. Uh, the world is just full of amazing things. But, uh, I, some people were actually even sending me some of these online that I could sit and look at. It's weird that they had the cameras in the 1800s, but the smile in the photograph didn't come till much later. Whereas basically, just stand there, look as grim as you possibly could, until the process was over with. So, well, one reason would be how long could you hold that smile? Some of those old photographs, you had to sit there for a long time. Oh, okay, yeah. I just wondered if people were also afraid of it. Um, and what did you decide? At the end of your wondering.
Um, that yeah, maybe some of the older people probably would have been maybe, a little bit nervous. Maybe or definitely, definitely would have been because nervous. you're what a man with opinions. Who are you, Fez Watley? And what do you have? Opinions. And can they be shook? No. Can they? Little. No. Which is it? No, they can't. Try and guess which is the right answer. Which is the opinion you should have right now? That no, my opinion. That I'm flexible. Are you flexible? I think I'm very flexible. Is that your opinion? My opinion is that I'm very flexible. And that could change. Want to play good, no good? No, thank you. What's the right answer? No. When is, when is no ever a good answer on the radio? Ever? Never. So what did you give me? The wrong answer. Uh, Todd, you're on Renifez. Hey, guys. Just wanted to talk a little bit more about those uh, Viewmasters. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually do have those in the 3D. They've been out for uh, a little while now for the kids. Well, all Viewmasters um, are in 3D, aren't they? That was the whole point of them. Even back in the day, they were in the they were in 3D. Yeah. Well, why would you want to sit there and look at a flat thing? You might as well just have a a photograph to look at. Well, fun for the kids to put up to their eyes. Yeah, but the the fun part of it is it's in 3D, and you really can feel like you're over the Grand Canyon. Or there in Hawaii with the hula girls. Okay. Because that was one of the, I think one of their best sellers was always Hawaii. Because you would go into the store with your mom. She's like, I'm going to do some shop. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to be fucking rocking a Viewmaster. And then you go over and you see a chick with just like the little lay around her shirt, nothing else. And you just look at it for half an hour. And you think to yourself, God, please let me grow. Do not keep me a child. Let me move. Um, Chris, you're on running Fez. Chris, go ahead. Oh, hey, uh, hi, this is Chris. Uh, hey, Fez, uh, most people back in the day, you know, got their pictures taken when they were dead, and they threw in the eyeballs to make them look, to make them look alive. That seems like a pretty creepy practice. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. But I know my, my, gr my grandfather had a photo of his mother in her casket, and, uh, in the back room. Yeah, my grandmother had a picture of my grandfather. Had all kinds of them taken at his uh, funeral. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. So, uh, I'd like to get that camera that's coming in. My mother has, like, uh, the uh, photos of the relatives from... Uh, generations ago everyone that touched her no i don't think they all touched her but just up in the dining room and it's just really they're not the happiest of faces and they're not the most attractive people either the dining room i don't know if it's the best place for that do they all still look like you like everyone else in your family oh yeah yeah it's the one face that just got passed down it's just whether that face is uh on a body that's in a suit or in a dress As they just line the dining are you, room. Are your mom and dad related? Because they do look alike. They, no, I hope they're not related. But, um, no. But they do look exactly alike. They, they look like twin brothers. But did they come from the same town? Um, actually it was two different sides of Newfoundland. So, I mean, they came, they both came from the same island. 
They both came from Scotland to Newfoundland, both their families. Right. Then they both got to Newfoundland and then met up down further, right? Yeah. Yeah, they could have been some hooking up between the families. I got to go look at your family. It looks like a lot of brothers and sisters were together. It could be the reason for the nose, the slowly disappearing nose. What do you mean by that? Well, the nose just gets more and more pugger. As a, as you know something, you're a racist. And White people are so scared of black people. And I, I don't really appreciate it. I said I, pugger, pugger. White people, white people are so scared it twice, I can of play black it twice. people. Everybody can play that game. Make sure, Hicks, stay on the phone and book me somebody, and it could be anybody, who knows about stereoscopic photography. I'm working on I it. I would like... To have an expert, if I could, uh, somebody who's not just into photography, but perhaps is known in a couple other uh, fields as well. Ryan, Chicago, you're on manifest. Hey, what's going on, boys? I uh, just wanted to comment on uh, the reason those guys always had the, uh, the sad faces and they wouldn't smile because uh, back in the old days, the picture exposure, you'd have to hold a face for so long that uh, you wouldn't have a smile because it created, uh, make it all blurry and stuff like that. You're learning quite a bit today, Fezzy. Fezzy's day of questions. One is being answered after another. And how does that feel? Well, it feels good to get the knowledge. Thrilling? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, yes. You find yourself on the edge of your seat today? Absolutely. Is that your opinion? That's my opinion. And you're staying with it? Sticking with it. For? Ever. Forever. Um, laugh away from his face. Tony, you're on Renfes. Tony. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Yeah. I have to tell you, uh, I have a subscription to Sound and Vision magazine. All right, well, I got two radio shows, so we're each doing really good. <laughs> I wanted to tell you, don't bother getting 3D TV just yet, because next year they're coming out with stereoscopic 3D TV. That doesn't require you to wear glasses. Really? Yes, sir. Um, Sound and Vision magazine. All right, SMV. The only Sound and Vision I know is the Bowie box set. Uh, Cigars and Scotch, you're on Running Fest. Hey, when I was in radio radiology school, they were teaching us. They did uh, stereo radiography for, for a while, where they would take an X-ray, two different images at 15 degrees, develop them and superimpose them into a 3D. And the radiologists used to read them like that, but... You're getting zapped like twice as much for each image. Um, so what? The, what was why? So they gave it away because it was actually no good for people that were having the photography done to their chest. Or I, it just just wasn't practical. It's like you know, double the X-ray, double, double the fun, double the radiation, and you know, it's used, it was difficult to view where you'd have to like superimpose it on like a view box, and mm -hmm. I think they stand it at I forget what the distance was. All right, so guys in sketch always seems to know a little bit about everything. But not a lot about anything. <laughs> no, not a lot about even one topic. Um, mainly, most of the time I see you, your shoes are on the wrong feet. But you do always have a little bit of knowledge. I, usually when you see me, I'm not even wearing them. Isn't that scary? I only see it because we're both laying down together. Uh, here's Bob in Virginia. You're on manifest. Ronnie. Bob. Yeah. Uh, when, I was in the, when I was in the Navy some years ago, I was a photo interpreter. I got two radio shows. And 
airplanes would take off from a carrier and go over and fly their missions, taking pictures and bring them back, and we would look at them. And the reason we could see stereo pictures is because each picture is taken from a slightly different angle as the plane moves along. And it's the same principle that they used in those old-fashioned things. Uh, the fellow that called in about his grandmother's uh, old device gave an excellent description of it, but he made one little mistake. It isn't that one picture is taken uh, with the foreground in focus and the other with the background in focus. It's the fact that each picture is taken from a little bit of a different angle. And that particular feature is called parallax. And that's how we can see stereo because we have two eyes and each eye sees something from a little bit of a different angle. And you could even test that sitting in the studio. If, you've, if there's something uh, like three or four or five feet from you and then something 10 feet from you on the wall, mm-hmm. you just kind of stare at it, which I'm doing right now in my house. Uh, if you close one eye and look at it and then open it and close the other eye, you can see how the image changes from left to right. So when you're saying a little bit of angle, they would actually have to stop it and move it over a little bit? Well, let me tell you this. You're waiting for this camera to come in. You don't even have to do that. You can, you can go outside and take a picture, preferably if there's, uh, if there's something sort of in the foreground and something in the background. You take a picture, yeah. and then you just move over to the right or left, three or four or five feet, and take another picture. And because you have those two different angles, that will give you your parallax. Mm. Now, when you get the pictures developed, the trick is that you have to use an instrument like this old-fashioned 1880s thing. And what that does, that that has a a piece of wood that goes straight down the middle. So, therefore, your left eye focuses on the left picture. Your right eye focuses on the right picture. And your brain puts them together, and therefore you see the depth. Um, Hex, you think you got somebody for me to talk to about this? I think I finally got my hands on someone that can uh, do a little talk about stereo photography. Yeah. Who's that? Brian May. Brian May from Queen? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I guess I'd be willing to talk to uh, Brian May from Queen. Uh, he's got a new book out called A Village Lost and Found. He, of course, is the guitar player and chief songwriter for Queen all these years. Uh now brand new book out all about this kind of photography stereoscopic photography a london stereo.com slash book dot html brian may Just an alley creeper, light on his feet. 
Brian May in studio with us, and uh, you're actually doing a lecture tour. The we book are. is out, and uh, you'll be in New York City? That's uh, right, where we are right now. Right now, uh, with some of these pictures. Now, you've collected these pictures over the years? or I did, yeah. It became a lifelong passion. They were almost disappearing from the world as I saw it, and it's a great work of art, this uh, series of pictures by T.R. Williams. Uh, done in the 1850s, and it's a chronicle of a village and its life in the 1850s. A very rare document. There's really nothing else like it in the world. Now, when he took these pictures at the time, was it meant as entertainment or was was it meant as journalism? It's a very good question. I think he he sits in the middle, really. Uh, I think it was a passion for him because it's uh, re it represents his childhood and it represents a way of life that he thought was disappearing. So in that sense, it's a documentation. Mm -hmm. But he's a, he's also very aware that he has an audience. He was a very successful uh, stereo photographer of his day, so he knew he was talking to his audience. And I think that's one of the things that uh, attracts me to him. I think he managed to tread that fine line between art for its own sake and art for an audience. You know, if you if you stray off that line, on the one side you get art which doesn't make sense to anybody, right? And on the other side, you get crass commercialism. Yeah. So I guess you could have somewhat identified with that. It's the way that... Totally. That's the, the way we are. Yeah, yeah. the way uh, that we work today. So when he took these pictures at the time, they were available just in England, or were they available around the world? Well, the London Stereoscopic Company had three outlets in London, but it also had an outlet in New York. So, yes, mm -hmm. you could buy them here. Yeah, And I do find them here, which is great. I mean, all those days when I was out there touring with Queen, I would always stop off and find the, the local dealers in every city, and they would always come up with something for me, and sometimes a T.R. Williams picture. So how many years did you find putting it together for everything that's in this book? I've been working on this for... 40 years or something, I suppose. It's a wow. real lifelong passion, yeah. And, and seriously, I think the last, well, since 2003, when we were actually able to find the village, mm -hmm. that was a real turning point. And we thought, yes, we can write the book at this point. We do. In the beginning, I had no information, zero information about who he was, what he was doing. And now we have so much information that we, we hope to put out the complete life and work of this man later on. But this is just one series that he did, a very significant series, I think. And how many pictures altogether about the one village? There's 59 titles, but there are a few variations as well, so it brings it up to about 80 views. Mm -hmm. But the book contains a few examples of the, the other work that he did in still lifes and in port. He was a very successful portrait photographer. He took pictures of Queen Victoria, amongst others. He's a, quite an amazing man, and you won't really find him in the histories of... Uh, Photography, the conventional histories might just mention him, but he, he won't get much space. He will now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> thanks to the work you're doing. Yeah, but is I mean, that because he was working in the format that did not kind of, you know, that kind of got eaten up by history? or? Yeah, it, I think it's the nature of stereoscopic photography. It has booms, it has great periods of success, and then it seems to disappear into the background. Yeah. Very successful in the 1850s, which is quite close to the dawn of photography itself. Uh, then it disappears. It comes back about 1900, where you have Keystone views, which mm -hmm. a lot of people have seen in this country, Underwood and Underwood and stuff. And then again, it disappears, and it's about 1950 when it starts to rear its head again, and you get films like The House of Wax. It became a real right. craze. Uh, there was a camera called the Stereo Realist, which was an everyman camera, a 35mm camera, and I always carried one of those on tour when I was out with Queen. 
Um, then it disappeared again, and it, it really now we are in the current boom, yeah. which of course is epitomized by Avatar, which I think is a wonderful piece of art. And to me it's very significant that, the, that James Cameron used the medium to say something about nature and about the, the way we treat the world around us. And I, that's very close to what T.R. What Williams is doing in this series in 1815. And it's also interesting that it's ba- back because, again, it works economically for an audience where suddenly they're like well Cameron can actually make more money getting this done it brings in an audience so now you're having more films following him going mm. this will work for some some of the stuff they try to upgrade after the fact well you know that's the problem you know mm-hmm. and I think that was the problem in in 1950 the thing gets kind of bastardized and people jump on the bandwagon so they start converting stuff which is essentially 2D into 3D mm-hmm. and then unfortunately people come out of the theater with a headache and they don't want to go back and see any more stereo films I, I think there's a real danger of that happening they won't get a headache from our presentation we project in uh, in 3D too we have a silver screen and we project we channel all the stuff that's in the book onto that screen so it, it's a nice little um it's an intimate presentation in 3D, and we bring T.R. Williams to life also. When you go out on this lecture tour, are you surprised that something that you know was just your own personal obsession? Because I imagine in the 1970s when you started to collect these, mm. it probably seemed you know fairly obscure, and yes. then to bring other people's interest in would have to be strange for you. Yeah, I really never doubted that this was a great work of art, and I think all we had to do was channel it in the right way to make it accessible to an audience in the 21st century. It's absolutely relevant. It's talking about a disappearing way of life and a disappearing philosophy and Mm -hmm. and a a time when there was more time for contemplation and and locating oneself in in the universe. Um, so to me, I never doubted the potency of the material I was handling. I just had to get it right. And I had to make sure that people could really see it in stereo the way that the author intended. That's why there's a viewer in the book. The viewer mm-hmm. comes, which I had to invent because there wasn't one. <laughs> so this is just the, the, the viewer that we have that came along with the book is not the type that they would have been watching it's, looking through years ago. It's a recreation of what you would have had, but of mm-hmm. course that would have been made of wood and it would cost a huge amount of money. This one is made of uh, injected plastic, uh, but it's a very high-quality instrument, which I designed myself. It also focuses, which means that no matter what kind of eyesight you've got, you'll be able to get it. Mm. And I was so concerned that this would be the case, so that people, everyone who picks up the book will be able to get the experience as it was intended. You know, the interesting thing I was thinking about, too, when you said about showing this life, you know, the village life that went away, that was something that lasted thousands of years, too. I mean, those mm. people that were living there in the 1850s mm. in a village weren't that different between before people that lived, you know, a thousand years before them. Mm. But now everything changes. I mean, we used to act yeah. like every decade was yes. different, but now with technology... It's not even that close. Yeah, things are changing so fast. He's very aware that his way of life that he enjoyed as a child is disappearing. He felt it happening. Yeah, and there's there's pictures like you know the last spinning wheel in the village, and the old schoolmistress, and uh, all kinds of things which are just vanishing in front of his eyes. And he's he's recording it, and and not only pictures but words. He puts words to everything. He he writes poetry about each scene, and that really brings the scene to life. You realise you're not just looking at uh, a building and a thatched roof and some people you're looking at people's real lives their dreams their hopes their the way they feel about the, the world around them so was this uh your first interest almost like nostalgia for a life that you didn't have was it something about you know the english countryside i mean what 
What connected you right away? I think the man connected me. I think yeah. I identified with his quest for perfectionism and his affection for things which perhaps are under our noses and we don't have time to notice anymore. Mm. To me, that's, very, that's a very precious thought. And I think everybody who gets into the book gets a feeling of peace and contemplation and, and just takes a little breather from what we all do, like running around yeah. with mobile phones attached to our ears um, and not having time to smell the roses. So it's that that appeals to me, you know. And I thought, well, here is a treasure which, if I don't do something, may just disappear from the world sure. altogether. So I'm really happy that it's out there. It makes me so happy to see piles of books and people buying them and, and getting that experience from all that time ago, 150 years ago. I mean, unlike Avatar, you once you're looking through that um, that virtual window, you're not looking at actors. You're looking at real people doing yeah. real things at that moment in about 1853. And I imagine the subjects weren't even all that... Um, understanding of where this stuff was going to go. I mean, to say at that time you'll be oh. captured like this and it can oh. last forever, that probably mm. wasn't even thought that they could wrap their, themselves around. I think that's true. I think that's very true. Yeah, there's a, there's a very telling picture of a little boy that they call Thomas, mm -hmm. and that's a kind of allusion to the accent down there. They're kind of West Country folks, so Thomas Thomas would be his name, but they, mm -hmm. they would say, hey, Thomas, Thomas. Mm -hmm. And he's there eyeing up the camera as the camera eyes him up, and the, the poem describes his fear that the, the, the instrument is going to do something terrible to him, some, like some deadly weapon leveled at his head. And I have to tell you, that's the way I feel about cameras being leveled at me sometimes. You well, never know what's in their mind. Yeah, and, uh, and absolutely, when you live the kind of life that you lived on the road, just, oh. I mean, I'm sure there's got to be millions of pictures of mm. you guys over the years and yeah. whether you're with other people. I mean, you're, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. you're, in, you're in bedrooms and living rooms all over the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's people poking lenses. Of course, everyone has a has a phone these days, which has a damn camera in. Yeah. So it's it's just everywhere, and you see people holding up their their phones, and and you think, ah, oh, they making a call? No, they're yeah. just sneaking a picture, and it it does feel invasive sometimes. Well, isn't it the interesting thing too, the way concerts have changed with that? Mm -hmm. Because when the 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 one place to really be in the moment was mm -hmm. a concert, yeah. and now you go. And everybody's looking through a screen at the band. And I yeah. do think that we've lost yeah. that live moment. Yeah, you know? it's amazing. I mean, we recently did a, a couple of big tours with Paul Rogers. I don't know if you know. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, looking out there, you used to see people with lighters in the air and their yeah. faces connecting with you. Now you just see a sea of mobile phones. It's really strange. And it's a kind of a wall that has come up. Because to yeah. me, always the best concerts where yeah. you felt like, that the the band and the people were connecting and mm -hmm. it was kind of whether you like it or not like a one of a kind experience that if you went and saw the band the next night it would be different yeah i really missed that it, it yeah. was an intimate private experience almost that moment with the crowd and you could say things to them which you shared with them and they would take away and nobody else would have but now everybody on the internet worldwide will see all that and it it, it has changed things and yeah I, I kind of feel a little sad about that. You know, I used to enjoy those moments of intimacy, which you really can't have anymore. And you never would know the set list. Now you know exactly. it immediately, or somebody, yep. you know, is on stage, or they got a new piece of equipment. That's right. Mm. Uh, and then they're going to know what you said to the audience the night before. Is that yeah, right. right. <laughs> it's really, yeah, you feel like the carpet's been 
taken away from under your feet sometimes. It's very odd. I guess we all just adapt. That's the way it is. But something is lost and something is gained in living every day, don't you feel? Yeah, that <laughs> is really Johnny true. Said that. <laughs> but but the, the last thing I think that you want to do is dig your heels in too tight. I think oh, yeah. what mm. you are doing is saying, here's something, uh, a village lost and found. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about it is it's there. Now, you collected these pictures before you knew where the village was or that's right yeah nobody knew uh, so you didn't even know if it was real at first i mean that's you- right yeah the rumor was that it was just a kind of generic set of pictures of of country life just to mm-hmm. portray what things might be like but i the more i saw of these pictures i realized that it, it was a real place it must be there's a real people that you see again in each of these views cropping up and i determined to find the village it was really hard i, I looked physically driving around for years I mean, I'm not saying I did it all the time, but mm-hmm. you know, in odd moments, I never found. I, I, I had my eye on the church with the, with the with the clock tower, which is number one in the series. Never found it, but came a time when I had a website. You know, the the age of the internet dawned, mm-hmm. and here I am complaining about it. But actually, I put the picture <laughs> of of the church up on my website. I have a thing called Brian's Soapbox on brianmay.com and um, within 36 hours, six people had replied telling me where this church was. So I jumped in the car. Actually, three of those people were Italians who'd never been to England, which tells you the power of the internet in itself. Yeah. So I, I jumped in the car, went down, I got out, and there was the church that I'd been quizzing, quizzically looking at for years and years and years. So it was a big thrill. Now we've been back many times, and we are part of that village in a sense. It's, it's a great feeling, and they love it because we have rediscovered their ancestry in a sense. They're, they're looking at their ancestors in in uh, in moments which they thought were were lost forever and there they are how much has the has the village changed over the years is it has changed but uh-huh. we were very lucky i mean we could have found a car park there if it had been a few a few miles up the road in, and been slough you know you would have found concrete but we found a village which is still intact it still has no pub still has no shop uh, and it's it's a nice little community there some of the houses have been changed a small number of the, of the cottages have been torn down, but there was a move to destroy a lot of it, but it was overcome just after the war, and people started restoring the cottages instead of pulling them down. So it's still a beautiful village. We're very lucky. The first time that you went there, though, it must have felt like you, you know, stepped into an old movie or, or went into a oh, dream and had to absolutely. be Absolutely, yeah. It felt very dreamlike. I love it. Yeah, it's... And uh, we launched the book down there, which was a nice thing. So we had a party and we did a lecture like we'll do at the Met tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a party and we had fireworks and, and a big sort of party, uh, you know, picnic outside, very much in the 1850s style. And it was a really good moment to come full circle for the village. Well, the other part of it, too, to go back to the Internet that is interesting is that the people around the world, like this will never be a mainstream mm. interest, mm. but there's no, enough of a market if people can all hook up together. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you know everybody can access yeah. this stuff now for wherever they are in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's londonstereo.com slash book dot html. Uh, the new book is A Village lost and found it's available also on amazon.com and all the pictures here you actually are the ones that you were just picked up piece by piece it was never a matter of buying sets or anything yeah no sets there's no evidence that there ever was a set really i think they were just put out as they were done um so and as i say i don't actually have them all but luckily i have friends who have the ones that i don't so Mm -hmm. this is the first complete set of scans ever seen in the world as far as i know 
And the the thing now is they'll be more and more expensive now that uh, yeah I've, <laughs> I've I've ruined it for myself. Yes, yes. yeah. It's going to be hard, harder and harder to find these things. That's okay. I'm just enjoying it being out there. That was my dream that I could bring this in the 21st century. That's why I'm here. That's why we're out there doing the the, the presentations. And uh, tomorrow night you'll be at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. We will indeed. Uh, which is. Stunning. Can you really imagine something that kind of started as a hobby or an obsession ends up yeah, at the Met? It's, it's the perfect place. It, it's a real fulfillment of a dream to, to lecture there. And, of course, we will have the screen. We'll, it'll be a full stereoscopic presentation, and we do Q&A afterwards. And then we sit there for about 10 hours and sign books. <laughs> Brian May, so great to meet you. Congratulations you. on this. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Sure. The Ron and Fez Show. <laughs> the virus. Serious. XM. Ashendi. Fiesta? It's tonight, right? Better be. That ball drops. I'm gonna grab a slut. I'm just gonna pee in her butt. It's the Ron and Fez show. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Thomas, you're Ron and Fez. Yeah, Ronnie. Uh, I've heard you talk about uh, the whole army of ONA interns and producers, but why would you want a bunch of washed-up middle-aged degenerates when you have the one that gets it done, the man, the legend, Chris Stanley? Chris Stanley is the best. Um... My only problem was I asked to talk to somebody about this um, stereoscopic photography, and it took him about 15, 20 minutes before he finally got fucking Brian May to come in here. Uh, but then Brian had a book. Uh, Brian May also, when I was walking him out, gave us two tickets to the Met tomorrow night. Um, yeah, like Friday nights, I want to be in a museum. So I want to give my tickets out now. Uh, give us a call, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. You have to be able to make it to New York City in time to pick these up. Uh, will they be at the door, Hicks, or how are we doing it? They'll be at the door. Okay. Yeah. So you got to make, make it to the Met in New York City tomorrow night. And uh, Brian May, uh, the legend from Queen, showing off... Um, his collection in this new book, uh, A Village Lost and Found. Uh, we'll have that, but also do a Q&A afterwards. So if you are a big fan of Brian May and Queen and uh, you do have a queue, uh, perhaps he'll uh, be able to give you an A. Uh, just call in. We'll put a random caller up there and take one of them. Uh, but you do have to make it to New York City tomorrow night. Tonight I will be online on $100dreams.com going for my, for the three-peat, my third consecutive win. Tonight's auction is an iPad. So uh, that's what I'll be going to to add to my collection of treasures that I've been able to pick up at this website. Exciting, Fuzz. I'm very excited about this, and I want everyone to know that everything is on the up and up. I've just, You're not cheating. I am not cheating. I have just out-strategized 
every single person I've been up against in these auctions. No, I'd go up against you tonight, but I see you've already sold out your auction. Yeah, the one for the iPad is sold out tonight. All the seats in that auction are sold out. Mm. Someone's walking away with an iPad. I believe his name's going to be Fez Watley. And I've got, and I even have backup. Uh, James from Hundred Dollar Dreams. Hundred. One hundred dollar dreams. That's a one zero zero dollar dreams dot com. Will back me up that I have been playing my heart out and that I have won these things legitimately. What if you're both in this together? The weird thing is, what if this is the one thing in life you could really do well, and you could just spend all your life doing it? You might be an idiot savant for these kind of auctions. It, it would be amazing to me, and it would be quite affordable, too. I won the $100 gift card last night uh, for just $5 to get in the auction, and the night before, won a $400 uh, HP notebook. All right, Fez, do me a favor. Just pick a number, 1 through 10, real quick. Four. Uh, here is line four, Ray. Yeah. Uh, you're the big winner of the tickets to go to the Met uh, tomorrow night and see Brian May uh, give a Q&A and show off his photography. Can you make it to New York City tomorrow night? Yeah, I live in Queens, so it's not a big deal. Oh, no, that's a long ride for you. Should I go to somebody closer? <laughs> All right, Ray, hold on. We'll take your information. And thank you to everybody else that called. All right. We also, Fez, have James at $100 Dreams to verify that you are not cheating, that you are legitimately playing this game. How are you, James? Good, Ron. Good, Fez. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're trying to figure out how Fez Watley is finally good at something. Fez, uh, I, can, I can assure you guys, Fez definitely is the man to beat right now. What is he doing right? How is he pulling this off? I'll tell you what, we're, we're the ones that came up with this, and we don't even have the strategy down. I, I don't know how he's doing it, but I can assure you that everything is on the up and up. Thank so you. You guys actually invented the concept of what goes on here. That's correct. We invented the concept. And the thing behind it would be that it's, it's kind of a fun somewhat addicting uh, concept to jump into. I know, Fez, you said you're locked in now. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for 8 o'clock every night. Now, tonight you've already sold out the, the auction that you're doing. Yeah, the auction for the iPad, that is sold out. All the seats in there to win the iPad are taken. And, James, there's no way that Fez could be getting help. There's no way. We have a, we have a server lot. It tracks all bids that are placed, the time those bids are placed, and then we record every auction. Right after the auction, we review the tape for any errors. Now you, and is there any consistency in the way that he's playing that he was able to win two auctions like this? Um, Fez, like I said, Fez just seems to have a hot hand. I'm not, I'm not sure what his strategy is right now, but he, he's definitely the man to beat. James, there's, I can't tell you a game in the world he can play well. None. <laughs> a, a board game, a video game. Oh, no, you, don't have the thumbs. <laughs> you you struggle with a lunch menu. You're not good at things. So to know that you're good at this, either A, we finally found your special purpose. Right. Or B, you're an idiot savant. Let's go with special purpose. <laughs> well, James, congratulations. Everybody's asking about your site now, too. Okay, great. I appreciate it, guys. All right. We'll talk to you later, pal.
Okay, good luck. Bye. Uh, well, Fez, there you have it. Officially, you could not be cheating. Right. There you go. That's right from the horse's mouth, James, the guy who Don't runs. call him names. All right, he has a long face. So what? So that's the guy who runs things at $100dreams.com. He's letting you know. I didn't know that they came out with this uh, concept. Uh, it's a it's a weird thing, but it's, it, you know, the first time you won, I was like, how great. Our own Fez Watley finally wins something. The second time you won, Fez? Uh-huh. I think uh, a little jealousy set in with me. Like, why does Fez now win everything? And I see you as a totally different person. Thank you. I don't mean it in a good way. Oh. So the way it works is you get in on these auctions, you buy a seat, you get 20 bids for your, for the price of the auction. Some are higher-end items like cruises and cars. Those are the $100 dreams that they talk about. And then some, like uh, tonight uh, for the iPad, it's $20 to get in to buy a seat. Of course, those seats are already taken. By the way, I want to just point out to people, do me a favor. Don't let Brian May know that I gave away those tickets. Because I always, if somebody says you want something, I always say, yeah, I'd love to. I'm really interested in your work. But then I'm like, well, it's Friday night. So I thought I'd give them the listeners. So let's keep that between us. Matter of fact, uh, tell the guy who won to say to Brian May, remember you were on my show, Ron Fez show the other day. I really enjoyed you. Because I'm sure he'll have forgotten by then. Um, Rick, Rick, you're on Running Fez. Hey, Fez, I really don't think you're going to use that computer and that $100 card, really. You're, you're a millionaire. Why don't you just give some of, give some of your prize away that way, uh, to the fans? That way we can uh, enjoy winnings. But here's the, but thing. Here's the thing. if When you do that kind of thing, when you act like, if you have a bet with someone, right, and then you're all like, Hey, don't pay me. It was all just for fun. It takes some of the excitement of the bet out of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you want the thrill, get in on an auction and meet me there at 8, 8, at 8 I don't PM. like the cockiness. You're too cocky now. You've turned into, excuse me, Fez, an A number one prick asshole. At least I'm number one. Well, you are. It's really going to his head. LT, you're on Run of Fez. Yeah, tune in to XM 150 at 3 o'clock, Jim Norton time. All right. Uh, what is it again? Jim Norton's on Raw Dog. XM 150, and I have no idea what the series is. XM 150. I don't know what that is on the other side. Is he live today, LT? I'm not sure if he's live right. or not. I like that you're flying the flag. Fezzy, I wish you had uh, keeping me up to date with things like that. What am I saying? You're my auction guy. That's what already, I do. You already got a place in life. I bring home the prizes. But tonight you're playing for me with this iPad? Yep. If I win the iPad, it is yours. I'm dreaming of that. And with the iPad, it's like having an e-book. It's like uh, you yep. can sit there. Oh, yeah. That's something I want because I want to get a little more, as the kids are saying, green. Again, high? Yeah. I love getting high. I was telling that to Brian May. He said, you got me confused with the rest of the band. I collect old things and look through telescopes. Because I actually said to him, I was tripping balls one time, and I thought me and you were talking back and forth. And he goes like this. Nope, didn't happen. 
I go, it did happen, and you fucking know it. And it doesn't make either one of us gay. Don't act like I'm calling you Patty, because I'm not. Uh, I like the, you know, it's the funniest thing. You could be in a decadent rock band like Queen, and then you still come back to being an English gentleman. Those English people are gentlemen. We don't even understand it in our fucked up country. Very proper. They are proper, and they're very kind. He went out of his way to make sure that he met every chick in the room and just uh, was uh, very outgoing. Hello and goodbye. See if you can get Roger Taylor in here tomorrow to talk about hand pumps. Put in a request. None of that makes sense to you, Fez? No. I'd say it in your face. Fez will do a thing if I reference something he doesn't know. He feels like the floor has dropped out because he wonders if he's supposed to say something. Yeah, that one I missed. Well, you, you missed a few decades. That's all. You don't have the same interest. Roger May's book. Who's? Uh, I'm uh, Roger Taylor, and it's Brian May. That was my fault. I should have just let the music run out. Brian May's book available on well, Amazon. Well, you wanted to do a live read. You go like this. Everyone stop talking. I can do a live read right now. His book on Amazon.com and London, LondonStereo.com slash book.html for more information. As if Russ... See you guys back in here tomorrow for a Friday show. Maybe we should go flat out drinking show. Fucked up. Maybe we need to go flat out tomorrow. Uh, that's the end of my show. Donk.